This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Are you my best friend? This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. NYPD is on a heightened alert, planning for the possibility of demonstrations should a Manhattan grand jury indict former President Trump. If it happens, it would be historic. A first time a former president would be facing criminal charges. Among the precautions, NYPD officers unloaded barricades this morning around the criminal court building in lower Manhattan. The city's comeback from the pandemic now has a slogan. We love NYC. The new campaign, launched by Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul, aims to promote the arts, culture, and business of the city. That's what this movement is about, New York. It is reigniting our spirit. The public service, so we can all be capable of the civic service, how we can take care of our parks, how we can help each other, how we can volunteer again. Show what we're really all about. The Big East, I own a coach, Rick Pitino has agreed on a six-year deal to indeed become St. John's head coach, returning to the Big East Conference with ambitions of restoring the Red Storm to national prominence. Rick Pitino's won everywhere that he's been. What a great choice by St. John's. The windows go against my cheek. I've got this fear inside of me. It's you. Tuesday morning. Good morning, New York City. And to the millions listening around the world, this is the number one 12-plus rated talk show in New York City by a distance. We are sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we got a, a huge show planned for today, as you can hear in the open, all those major stories Told you yesterday Donald Trump would not be indicted and or arrested today. That doesn't mean he's not going to be somewhere in the near future. That I can't tell you. But I did know yesterday it wasn't happening today, and everybody kept reporting it. And right now these uh, three jerk-offs, Joe, Mika, and um, Geis, well, I can't stop talking about it. Law enforcement bracing for possible pro-Trump protests. My wife... The beautiful Danielle even considered keeping Gabriel home from school today because he goes to school here in Manhattan. And I said, you absolutely are not going to do that. No, not going to happen. Stop it. Stop. Well, 
Trump came out and he he lit the flame. He did, you know, he did it Saturday morning on his Truth Social. Talked about the possibility, if not probability, of getting arrested. Ginned up all his uh, his fan base, which most of his fan base, I like to think, are like me, law-abiding, relatively rational human beings. But I know for a fact that a percentage of his fan base are psychos. Not because of January 6th, just because they're speaking to these people every day. They're psychos. They're just looking for an opportunity to to get nuts. But it ain't going to happen today. So we'll get to the uh, the Trump stuff. Rick Pitino getting hired by St. John's, for me, is a major story today. I've known Rick for many years. In fact, Rick wrote a book a couple of years ago. And even though we're not a quote-unquote sports show, Rick knows me for many years from my sports days at WFAN. So he came on with me and Bernard. God rest his soul. We are coming live this morning from the Bernard McGurk Studios. And he was great. He was on uh, once or twice. That was about the time he got the job at Iona. And he was talking about how Louisville treated him unfairly and all that stuff. But I remember very vividly, obviously, he did a great job at Kentucky, did a great job at Louisville, heck, going back to Providence, Iona, and now St. John's, my favorite college basketball team. But I distinctly remember that 1988-1989 New York Knicks team. And Rick Pitino came in, and that Nick team went 52-30. and 30. They won their division, made it to the semifinals of the playoffs. I was quite a team, a young Patrick Ewing, a young Mark Jackson, guys like uh, Gerald Wilkins, Dominique's brother, Johnny Newman, remember Johnny Newman, Kiki Vandeway. That was that Pitino team that won 52 games. He also coached the Boston Celtics. So Rick Pitino has had successful runs in the NBA. Not a lot, but that Knicks season was great. And, of course, epic success at the collegiate level. And now he's the next coach at St. John's. I know Mike Anderson's furious, and he's going to probably sue St. John's. I guess they fired him for cause. You know how these things go, and race comes in, all this nonsense. I don't know. I know St. John's has not been very good for years, even with my guy Chris Mullen, who's my hero. The reason why I love St. John's basketball goes back to my man Chris Mullen. I think he had one good year. That was it, when he coached the team. So hopefully Rick Pitino can get us back to the Luke Corner second days when St. John's was relevant. The issue again becomes college basketball's not relevant. Even now, down to the Sweet 16, I'm sorry. I don't hear anybody talking about it. Now, look, if I was listening to Boomer Esiason all morning or Craig Carton all morning, uh, all afternoon, I should say, then then I'd hear about it. But to me, that's not the barometer. That's not the gauge of what's going on. When sports guys are talking sports, yes, Chris Russo is going to talk about it. Stephen A. Smith is going to talk about it. I want the average guy on the street saying, oh, my God, did you see Patrick at Georgetown? Did you see Chris at St. John's? Did you see Hakeem at Houston? And no one's talking about it. Nobody. Princeton, they made it. They're a local team, obviously. Crazy story. They beat Arizona. But it's just not the same. So I don't know exactly what to expect or how relevant basketball will be in Queens again. But they got the right guy. Rick Pitino is absolutely the right guy. So congrats to my friend Rick. Now the pressure is on Justin Ellick and Macedonia Phil.
to book them. In the past, we had uh, a young lady named Jennifer Grodd who booked the uh, guests. She long gone. And now uh, you guys basically book about 1% of the guests. I do the other 99% because I do all the damn work on this show. But if you, uh, maybe you can get Rick Pitino. What do you think, uh, Phil? Yeah, I'll speak to my people and we'll see if we can get in contact with them. Your people? My people, yeah. I have people. I have connections. Okay. Where? A lot of things are connected, I guess. <laughs> you don't have any connections at St. John's. That's the issue. No, that's not true. Oh, you do have connections. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll text Chris Mullen. I'll see if... Oh, okay, good. You know him? No, but I'll get my connection You'll, to okay. him. I'll, oh, I know. Connections. Do you know Walter Berry? Yes. Yes. Mark Jackson? Not as well, but yes. Bill Weddington? You're losing me a little bit. Jeff Allen? Shelton Glass. Shelton Glass, I know. You know him. He's okay. my cousin. My He's third your cousin, cousin, yeah. Malik, Malik Seeley. Malik Seeley. Oh, you know, he long dead, Malik. I know. He died in a horrible gonna, car accident. You're not going yeah. to yeah. get him. I was going to use him as a connection. But <laughs> yeah. You can delete <laughs> that. You can delete that. That's going to be tough. Uh, Joe Biden can probably get to him, though, because Biden has a habit of talking to dead people. You may remember that. Stand up, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Where's uh, my friend from Indiana? She's dead, Joe. So before we get to all this, uh, this good stuff, I do want to congratulate my uh, guys here, Lou Rafino, Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, and Noam Layden, and also Deb Valentine. She was here for uh, at some point in January, I guess. I forgot how <laughs> she's gone. But uh, the February monthlies came back yesterday, and I am not the type of guy to beat my own chest. But I'll do it this morning. This is a special case. And the morning show here at this station got a 7.5. And I know for most of you, you have no idea what that means. I get that. All I can say to you is that is a ridiculous number. Now, somebody said to me yesterday, wait a second, Sid. I just read in Andrew Marshan's column that Boomer Esiason got a 13, and he's number one. And both are right. WFAN, their demographic, the people they quote-unquote care about, are just men, no women. We've got a huge audience of women, nearly half the show. And only men ages 25 to 54. So, for example, folks, I'm 55 years old. I'm a young guy. I'm in great shape. I do movies, all that stuff. But I am aged out in the demographic that the boomer, Esaias, and people care about. I'm aged out. I'm done. As far as they're concerned, if you're 55 or 60 or 65, you don't matter. So, yes, boomer, who I like. And Gio got a 13 for a very specific demographic, which includes men 25 to 54. Our show, we rate 12 plus. You know what that means? Everybody. If you're over 12 years old, man, woman, you rate. And we got a 7.5 and destroyed the rest of the field. If there was 7.6 in January. These are numbers that Imus never came close to. Never came close. Bernie and Sid never came close to. I'm not sure Bob Grant ever did. Not even close. So when I uh, tell you folks how well the show is doing, that ain't no joke. Frank Morano will join us at 7.05. He also did a big number. Overnights, 10.9. And he came in second, I believe. But um, for, for a while now, the last couple of monthlies and the last couple of books, Frank does a really good job. We do an astonishing job. 
and the rest of the station does okay. Those are the facts. Am I right, Noam? Is that um, is that a pretty good way to categorize what's going on? Uh, if you want to categorize it that way, you do very well, and the rest of the station does very well too. No, they don't. Very well, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I, I, the rest of the day is great. Uh, I guess I, I, don't, I never turn off the station. I guess, the rest of the day. I guess you got the email. <laughs> no, congratulations for the whole station. Whatever Sid does, yeah. you keep going <laughs> with the station. No matter what, right? You go with that. That's it. That's yeah. okay. Go along with now, it. Curtis Sliwa barely got a three. And that brings me to uh, Curtis Sliwa because the suspension is still in place. So I left right after the show yesterday. But I was here for about, no, I'd say about 30 minutes. And Curtis must have walked by me three or four times. Not only did he not speak to me, he didn't even look at me. It was, to say it was odd would be an understatement. It was weird, weird. But then I left, you know, I don't care. And then I came to find that, see, what happens is when I leave, Curtis usually takes my guys, my guys, Justin, even Lou and Phil, and he asked them to help with the production for his show. And I was told that yesterday, at no point did he even do that, that he just didn't want to talk to and or see anybody from the morning show. So when I asked Justin on Saturday, when Curtis first texted me, and then he did try to call me on Sunday, Curtis, I just, I just wasn't available. If Curtis was serious, we couldn't figure it out. But based upon his behavior yesterday, it seems like Curtis was very serious and butthurt and acting like a child. And I would say to Curtis, I asked you not to do something. You did it. Now you have to suffer the repercussion. It's not that big a deal. I still love Curtis. I'm always, always going to be thankful for Curtis. And Curtis could be back tomorrow. Tomorrow. But now, now, because he acted like such a jackass yesterday, now he's not coming back tomorrow. And I don't even know how long the suspension could last. I don't know how long. I don't care. So That's it. He's suspended tomorrow and maybe Friday, too. And listen, maybe he'll get to the point where he goes, hey, Sid, F you on your stupid show. That's fine. That'd be cool, actually, you know. I know that uh, every day for the last couple of months, at 12.45, the last 15 minutes of his show, he did something called the Sid Rap. And he would talk about the morning show and what I said, and he would uh, congratulate me if I did something well, take me to task if I said something nice about Eric Adams, whatever. Every day, 12.45, the Sid Rap. Well, yesterday, not only did he not do the Sid Rap, but he came in and talked extensively about Bernard. This is, uh, you know how Donald Trump talks about how people weaponize the DOJ against him? People weaponize Bernie against me all the time. It's really gross. I was at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. You wouldn't believe how many people said, I miss Bernie. Oh, no kidding. Of course. I thought about Bernie all day. I tell you, I got to hand it to Bernie. Thank you, President Trump. I thought about him all day, St. Patrick's Day. But Curtis didn't mention Bernie once in like four months he was so far up my ass, he was checking for polyps. Did it, what was the result? Thank God I'm healthy. Okay, that's good. No, no, that's all I wanted to know. But yesterday he suspended, and oh, here comes the Bernie talk. You know. They all do that. They all do that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, but it's so, it's so obvious and, and, and lacks sincerity. And, it, you know, who do you think you're kidding? 
So now he's suspended all week. It's now he's, he's aggravated me. He weaponized my friend against me, and I just won't deal with that. Does that make <laughs> I, I, Somehow I'm following you. <laughs> so, but, it's only but you don't I disagree. Know how your tangled brain works. <laughs> because I couldn't do it before when you came in an hour be- ago. But I, okay, so, and now I'm starting to slowly. But now that I'm explaining it on the air. Weaponizing Bernie against me. Against right. me. Just okay, like the, the, they weaponized the, the criminal system against my friend, President Trump. These idiots on the internet. And the fans, they weaponize Bernard against me. That's yeah, what they do. It's pretty interchangeable. Yeah. When, when they, they don't want to give me credit for something or they get mad at me. I miss Bernie. That, that's the whole thing. Right. Hey, Sid got a 7.5. Yeah, but I miss Bernie. I saw something where I miss Bernie. The show was balanced more. Yeah, the show was balanced more. Right. Getting to 2.6 and talking about Trump all day long, there was no balance. None. I miss Bernie, too. I miss him desperately. We, but don't, don't do that. Everybody don't, don't. misses Bernie. Everybody does. Just bring it. Just say, I miss Bernie. I love Bernie. But they don't do that. They weaponize. <laughs> and that's what Curtis did yesterday. So now he's suspended all week. And I'd say, I don't care. <laughs> and people keep asking me, why was he suspended in the first place? And it doesn't matter. But you guys know why. And you both thought, if I'm wrong, correct me. You both thought it was a deserved suspension. Yes? Yes or no, Lou? Uh, Lou I don't want to speak for you. I will say yes. Yes. Uh, Macedonia Phil, deserved suspension? I'm not. I don't know. All right. And based on his behavior <laughs> yesterday and weaponizing Bernard against me, do you agree that he should be suspended now for the entire week, if not more? I feel like I'm always inclined to disagree with you. I don't know why. I feel like I want to just argue with you. About right, this. but because that's just your nature. But yeah. when you really think about the subject, you know I'm right. Yeah, sure. He should have talked to you yesterday. Well, he did try to call me on Sunday. No, I mean when he was in studio. Yes. You guys were face to face. He could have. He didn't even look at me. He wouldn't even look up. So, And that never happens. Yeah. So when, I, when we get a 5.5 for the month of March, Curtis can run around and say, you see that? He took me up the air three days no. a week. I'm the guy. Don't forget it. That's, yeah. you know because what? we all know why, why we get good ratings. It's because of Curtis and, and Andrew and Bernie and all the people. And... <laughs> Am I right, Noam? A lot of weaponizing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for that moment where he came up to you and he said, you... He said to you, he said to you, I was at the St. Patrick's Day parade and all anybody wanted to hear about was Bernie. Yeah. And I was like, I know he's doing this just to stir the of pot. Of course. Yeah. He didn't mention Bernie's name once in four months. No. Four months when he was on three days a week and I'm Sid's buddy and I'm doing the Sid rap. This is what I'm talking about. People do it all the time. People on the internet, they go, when, when I when I boast about a wedding, they go, I miss Bernie. Okay, so do I. What does that mean? What does one thing have to do with the other? He, he was so all over you that he wasn't sure you had heard him that he said it to you like three separate I times. Know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard it, but I just didn't care. So. Well, he, he would probably do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I Bill. Tell you? <laughs> so, the president is not getting arrested or indicted today, as I told you early yesterday. We will have on this program the President Trump's counsel. And senior advisor making his second visit in five days, Boris Epstein. That is a big guest. And uh, he's going to tell you that the president going down today, that doesn't mean that he won't be indicted and or arrested at some point. That still may happen. We know that the Manhattan DA, that fat loser, Alvin Bragg, wakes up every morning trying to figure out a way to get it done. We know that already. So odds are that, like Alan Dershowitz, told you on this show yesterday, in New York, you can indict a ham sandwich. So they'll do it eventually. But uh, Bill O'Reilly is back from vacation. He'll be back with us at 840 on Thursday. 
And he was on uh, with Katz and Cosby yesterday. Congratulations uh, to John, who did beat Sean Hannity. So congratulations there. Great job by the afternoon show. He was on uh, Katz and Cosby. And he believes that if they indict President Trump, then they've got no choice, no choice, but to indict Joe Biden, which I think is very smart. This is Bill O'Reilly, once again, courtesy of the number one afternoon show, over Sean Hannity, I should say. Katz and Cosby, Lewis, cut number one. If Donald Trump is indicted, this will make it a virtual certainty that the House of Representatives will refer criminal charges against the Biden family. Because Republicans, and rightly so, will say, okay, you're coming after one of our people running for president. We're going to do the same thing to you. We've got enough, and the House committees will, you know, you're seeing it now. They want Alvin Bragg to come into Washington to explain it. But the real hammer is they're going to refer criminal charges against the Biden family and possibly the president himself. That's likely to happen now. So you can also hope for this, the statute of limitations, can eventually get this Trump thing thrown out. Don't forget, this is this dates all the way back to what, 2015 with uh, Stormy Daniels? That's O'Reilly's point on this, Lou Ruffino, cut number two. There's no way that Donald Trump's going to get convicted on this charge. It's not going to happen because statute of limitations will knock it out right away. The man who could get convicted is Alvin Bragg himself for using his office to launch a malicious prosecution. If he knows the statute of limitations is uh, has been exceeded, which he certainly does know, and continues along those lines anyway, is a violation of Donald Trump's rights and he can be hauled into court. Bragg himself. And finally, uh, if they do indict Donald Trump at some point and, you know, the whole handcuff scene, and we're ready for that in New York today, even though I think it's a bit premature, O'Reilly makes the point the whole country will go nuts. I think he's right. Finally, once again, courtesy of Katz and Cosby, this is my man Bill O'Reilly Lewis, cut number three. So this throws the whole country into chaos. What good does this do the American citizen? Is this going to help the economy? Is it going to protect us against Russia and China? Is it going to solve the violent crime problem? Is it going to stop the mass migration and fentanyl coming across the border? What does this do? Why is this a positive? So to me, fair-minded people know this is a political prosecution And I think the unintended consequences to the Democratic Party are going to be far worse than what happens to Donald Trump. That's good stuff. Bill O'Reilly, who joins me, of course, 840 every Thursday on with Katz and Cosby every Monday. Once again, that audio courtesy of Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. weekdays here on ABC from last night. Again, big show coming up. Frank Morano, king of the overnights. Brought back an 11 share for February. He'll join us at 7.05. Coming up at 7.40. Always entertaining, provoking the man. One of my dearest friends, Bo Deedle. Gnomes Nuggets, 8.25. Senior counsel and senior advisor to President Trump, Boris Epstein, coming up at 8.40. 
and a lady I really love, a great actress. She played Dr. Melfi on The Sopranos, and of course she played Henry Hill's wife, Karen, in Goodfellas. The very talented Lorraine Bracco will stop by at 925. I do want to thank the listening audience for making us number one. We love you guys, and we'll come back on a Tuesday morning. But after these short messages. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Today, Macedonia Phil prints out this sheet for me. Today in history, today being March 21st, I think it's the first day of spring. Is that right? 61 and sunny today. It's either yesterday or today. Yeah, I think it's spring today. now. Yeah. So it's, uh, today is World Poetry Day and National Common Courtesy Day. But you notice that a lot of days now, Lou Rufino, I can't, I mean, what a great job he's done. A major part of the reason why, on a serious note, that we're doing so well. And uh, a lot of times we're going to play music, me and Lou, that correspond to a certain person's birthday. And we get those on this sheet. It also gives us a days in history, like an MLK, for example. He began the march from Selma to Montgomery on this date back in 1965. There's sports stuff on here, like uh, 1994, Wayne Gretzky of the L.A. Kings ties Gordie Howe's record of 801 career goals. There's entertainment stuff on here, and then the birthdays. So it turns out that on this list today, you have uh, these birthdays, for example. Actor Matthew Broderick. He's married to the talented but ugly chick from Sex on the City. What's her name? <laughs> Looks like a horse. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. So Broderick is 61 today. Rosie O'Donnell is 61 today. Cool. Actor Gary Oldman, I love him. He was great in State of Grace. And also Dracula. He's 65. British actor, former James Bond actor, Timothy Dalton, is 77. And they even go on to list, you ready for this? Famous New Jersey housewife, Melissa Gorga, who's married to Joe Gorga. In fact, uh, Frank Catania, who used to be married to Dolores, he's going to come into the studios on Friday this week. He's pimping something, I don't know. So Melissa makes the list 
She's 44. Nowhere on this list is Eddie Money. Now, Eddie's dead. He died a couple of years ago. But today's his birthday, and Eddie Money would have been 74 years old. Now, you tell me how you take any list seriously that has Melissa Gorga's birthday on it and not Eddie Money. <laughs> you better challenge the accuracy also of everything. Well, are you sure that it's his birthday today? Well, yeah. Well, I, I use a different thing than Phil does. Phil, that's why we will come up with pretty much the same thing. Gotcha. Okay. I go to a different site. Yeah. It's mainly a music site. Yeah. It's this day in music. Okay. And then I also, so that's why the events are there of music. And that's the first thing I, I look at. Okay. One of the first things. But I'll check again. I think, I think it is his birthday. No, I believe you. Folks, 77 WABC listeners, you've heard me talk about Global Security Group. In fact, yesterday, David Katz from that group joined me on the air. It was a fascinating conversation. They provide the mandatory training to obtain a concealed carry permit in New York City. All this week, I'm giving you the chance to win this training. Folks, this is unbelievable. Just go to WABCRadio.com backward slash security right now and enter to win the training you need to get your concealed carry permit. This Friday in the 9 a.m. hour, I'll be announcing the winner live on the air. To enter, you must be 21 years of age and a New York State resident. Go to WABCRadio.com backward slash security and enter today. Good luck. Now, uh, traffic is coming up. Again, big 7 o'clock hour. Frank Morano, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and the great Bo Deedle. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. Dominic got a 9. Big uh, rating for February. Congratulations to Dom. Here, Dominic talks about President Donald Trump. New York City bracing for unrest Tuesday after Mr. Trump calls for protests over his possible arrest and indictment. The NYPD and the Secret Service are huddling to prep for the possible indictment in Manhattan after the former president said he expects to be arrested this week and told his supporters to protest. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. The Knicks spoiled a career game from Julius Randle last night with their 140-134 to loss at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Randle erupted for a career-high 57 points, but none of his teammates were able to match his energy and route to the loss. The Knicks will be back at it tomorrow night in Miami against the Heat. As for the Nets, they're getting set to welcome in the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time tip-off. And Rick Pitino, indeed, has been named the new coach at St. John's, returning to the Big East Conference with ambitions of restoring the Red Storm to national prominence. Sources told ESPN that Pitino, who led Iona to the NCAA tournament this season agreed to a six-year contract with St. John's. Your NFL and uh, NFL offseason, I should say, keeps trucking along too. Yesterday, notable moves included the Houston Texans adding tight end Dalton Schultz and running back Devin Singletary, while the Buffalo Bills reached an agreement. Wow, that's a back. big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Dallas Cowboy tight end, Buffalo Bills running it's a back, good tight end, underrated, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that quarterback? Where in uh, in Houston? Houston. 
They don't have one. No, they don't have one right right now. Yeah, so they maybe uh, get your priority straight. In Houston, but two good moves there. And the Buffalo Bills reached an agreement with running back Damian Harris as well. Sources are also saying that Roger Goodell and NFL owners are expected to finalize a multi-year contract extension for the commissioner. The deal is expected to be signed and sealed at next week's owners' meetings in Phoenix. And looking ahead to ice hockey action tonight, the Rangers welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes for a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Islanders, they have the Toronto Maple Leafs visiting town at 7.30. And the Devils will welcome in the Minnesota Wild. Also at 7 p.m. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find it here under you. They are America's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick. I'm 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get a Shout out to my buddy Keith Smolin. He runs the Sid and Friends fan website. That website's come along. We pretty much deleted all the um, a-holes. Now it's pretty good. The Happy Together Tour is coming to the New York, well, the NYCB Theater. That's in Westbury. Comes up on Saturday, June the 10th. And I've got a pair of tickets to see legendary bands like the Turtles, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, the Association, the Vogues, and the Cow Sills. This is your chance to sing and dance along to all of your favorite classic hits. Be calling number seven right now, 1-800-848-WABC. And a pair of tickets to the Happy Together Tour are yours. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to relive the magic of the 60s and 70s. That's 1-800-848-9222. Caller number seven. And you'll be heading to the Happy Together Tour at the NYCB Theater at Westbury, Saturday, June the 10th. Good luck. So I'm, um, I'm getting out of here in a couple of weeks. You know, I haven't taken time off. I think I took a couple of days in July. I did a couple of days. That was it. Really since Bernard, God rest his soul, got sick. I haven't taken any time off, any serious time. And don't forget, Bernie was sick for, you know, the better part of a year before he, he lost him tragically. And even before that, I, I, I took very little time off. I remember, it's a true story, when Imus was uh, kicked out, they, they said he left, he resigned, but they kicked him out. And they gave the show to me and Bernie. <laughs> Noam, you love the inside baseball stuff. That's the truth. You know, it's kind of like Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, he's going to retire, but... Uh, Tom Landry's going to retire. No, he didn't retire. They kicked him out. So they kicked Imus out of here, too. And, and uh, they gave me and Bernie the show. 
And the summer was coming up. We started in April, and Chad Lopez said, guys, guys, don't take time off. You're replacing a legend. You want to keep that audience, maybe even build that audience. Don't take time off. So I did not take off a week the whole summer. This is years ago, before Bernie even got sick. So I never really take any time off because outside my family, the show is the next, important, next most important thing to me. And we built a, a monster right now. It's a monster. But I am taking time off now because I miss my daughter. Bottom line, I miss Ava. And she's having a tough time. She misses me and Danielle and Gabe. And she's about to wrap up her first year in Europe at Wales. And she's done extraordinarily well. Getting A's in every course at the very top of her class. And in Europe, the, the law that she's studying... Unlike in the United States, where it takes four years, there it only takes three. And then in, in a six-month period, you take a class or two here in the States, and you can take the bar. So she is on a, a program that really revs it up, and she's still doing great. And she's got a ton of friends. She's the only American, but a ton of friends. I see them on FaceTime all the time. But she misses us, and I miss her. The last time I saw my daughter was January 2nd. I'll never forget it. She was in for Christmas. My friend Mike Butler, New York City policeman, got us tickets to watch the ball drop. I had never done it in my life. I said I never would, but I did. My kids loved it. Ava especially loved it. So we had a great Christmas, New Year's week together. And then about uh, 5 a.m., at the time we were living in a hotel, me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe, at the Millennium Hotel for the U.N., 44th Street, between 1st and 2nd Avenue. This is right after my house went through all the damage. Since then, we've lived in another hotel, and now this apartment in Battery Park. But we were living in the hotel. 5.30 in the morning, we, uh, we met Ava downstairs in the lobby, and we got in the car and went to Newark Airport, and it was horrible. Because all I can think about for that trip was sometime in the next hour, I'm going to drop my daughter off at the gate and not see her till maybe June. And sure enough, we got to the airport and we, you know, we exchanged some small talk, but we all knew what was coming. We got a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts downstairs. And then we took her to the gate. And there was a Japanese couple on their way to London with their kids. And I remember that I started to cry so uncontrollably that the Japanese couple started to cry behind me just based upon the way I was behaving. They even started to cry. It was just it was terrible. So she called, I don't know, five times last week and said, Daddy, I miss you, and Mommy, I miss you. So I'm going to go see her. And I'm going to do what I think in two weeks. And I think I'm going to miss two or three shows. It's during Passover anyway. And my father would like me to take off Passover anyway. So I think it'll be the first two days of Passover and maybe Good Friday. I haven't uh, completely looked at the schedule just yet. We haven't made our flight just yet, but it looks that way. So you'll do without me for about three days. In a couple of weeks, you'll be fine. So it's time to go see uh, my little girl. She's coming home in June, but I can't wait anymore. Now, the president, President Trump, did speak yesterday as we all get ready for this big indictment, this big arrest, which I told you without any 
hesitation. Yesterday was not going to happen today. And it's not happening today. I was right. But the president is still milking this thing because he's smart. Because he's saying, look, look at me. I'm being persecuted. Not to the psycho Republican voters out there, but the independent voters. He's trying to garner their sympathy. And I think it may be working. So he put out another Truth Social video yesterday where he just went nuts on the left, specifically Alvin Bragg and these losers. So if you missed it, here it is, straight from his own Truth Social account, real Donald J. Trump. The president, Lewis, this is cut number 15. These four horrible, radical left Democrat investigations of your all-time favorite president, me, is just a continuation of the most disgusting witch hunt in the history of our country. It's gone on forever with Russia, 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 and Ukraine, 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 and the Mueller hoax. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. They even spied on my campaign. And remember this, with all of the work that they did on Mueller, no collusion. That's what the answer was, was all no collusion. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse-faced Daniels extortion plot, they're all sick and it's fake news. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them, and they know it very strongly, and they're looking at the polls where not me, but we are up by so much. They can't even believe it. We won twice, and now we've got to win a third time. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way, and I always will stand in their way. Thank you very much. Funny, Boris Epstein, who will join me at 8.40 this morning, once again, President Trump's senior advisor and main counsel, said the same thing to me last Thursday, that President Trump is looking to win for the third consecutive time. They really don't. They really don't care what happened in 2020. As far as the Trump camp is concerned, they won. Well, they didn't, because last I checked, President Trump is in West Palm Beach, and Joe Biden is in Washington, D.C. So I really need President Trump to win for real, not this makeup victory they think they have. He needs to win for real come 2024, where stuff like this will continue, and the world and this country will continue to burn, to burn like a raging fire that nobody can put out. Echo and the Bunnymen, the killing moon.
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. And now, 77 WABC presents Sid Rosenberg's New York Radio Message Board comments, read by his friends. Hey, Mark. Or better, hey, stupid. Guess you haven't heard the vacation spots in Palm Beach in New Jersey, or the huge car dealer in New Jersey, or RPM Raceway. Or the big cosmetic surgeon. Young people products. Stupid. And I've left a bunch out. What? Older people don't count? They spend money. Stupid. But you can't teach stupid. I'm number one. Eat it. A lovely reading right there. You can't get that. Well, maybe in the East Village. Tremendous job. That is, that is actually a little shot I took it myself. Brilliantly done by Chris Libertini. I mean, brilliantly done. And that is because uh, I readily admit that I go to this ridiculous New York radio message board. Been doing it for about 25 years. And again, talking about inside baseball, Gnome. Everybody in the business goes to this board. Everybody. If they say they don't, they're not really in the business. Well, they're lying. Everybody goes. And for some reason, this dentist, we've been over this a million times, Alan Sniffen, has become the know-it-all about the music industry. I don't know how they've got a website, which includes our call letters, WABC, Music Radio, all of that. I don't know how John allows that, but I, I like Alan, so I, I don't really care. But So I go there, and whenever I do well, I get attacked by all these folks on the board because... They uh, start uh, yelling about the demo, you know, 12 plus, so what? They lived for Imus, all these folks. And if Imus ever got a decent waiting point, they wouldn't care if it was 80 and up. Of course, Imus never did, but they wouldn't care if it was 80 and up. This is clearly a prejudice against me, which has been the case on this board forever. Guys like me, Craig Carton, blah, blah, blah. And the station, they just can't find it in their heart to give WABC any credit. So they attacked the demo, which again, mind you, is men, women, 12 and up. It's everybody, not just a 29-year period of men, which is what the other stations go by. We have a much larger demo, and we're doing great. So I go on there, and I you know, fight with these people like an idiot. This last guy, this moron, I mean, just the dumbest bastard God ever created. This uh, Mark Calvi is his name. For some reason, Snippin allows these people to stay on the board. I don't know why. They clearly know nothing about the industry. So, and me, instead of just letting it go, I'm, I'm a child, you know. I'm like Trump. I'm the same guy. Just, you know, don't have $4 billion. So I yell at these people on there, and, <laughs> and then other people in, in the industry see it, and they, and they send me emails and yell at me, and why do you do that? And, well, I can't control myself. So Libertini decided that from now on, if, in fact, I do have a fight, with one of these idiots on the board, that he would uh, read it with the beautiful piano solo in the background as uh, kind of like poetry. What, what did you think, uh, Noam Layden, about the Libertini reading of the New York radio message? Board? It was a little creepy. Yeah, that's what we wanted. Yeah. So it was perfect, right? Yeah, it was a little creepy. Yeah, perfect. 
<laughs> How were the people on that board? <laughs> well, talk about creepy. <laughs> Exactly I, you know, right. I feel like there's seven people reading that board. It, there's not, though. There's you, like oh, there's a couple of hundred. Oh, you think so? Oh, 100%. Everybody in this business reads it. I mean, for years there was rumors that Mark Chernoff, who ran CBS and WFAN, was on there as a guy named Casey Jackson. <laughs> you know, Curtis is on that board. Kuby's on that board. You have that uh, other guy, Steve Malsberg. You have a lot of guys that are really envious and jealous whose careers are basically over, I'm the only real relevant person that for some reason uh, is compelled to, uh, to post on this board. Everybody else is either dead, never made it, or just is a wannabe. But I don't care. I just it's I always myself. negative too. Yeah, you know, a lot of it is these stupid uh, connections of how they can't hear a radio station in a certain oh, area. Oh, it's so too. Right, <laughs> and, and then they'll talk about somebody dying who like. No one's ever no, heard of. It, no, no one idea. Right. Uh, the great promotions director of <laughs> WKVT, so yeah. legendary. Yeah, the, the great engineer. Oh. Yeah. And, and they mentioned some, uh, some station that's going out of business and like Rochester. Bob Phila Thomas has left <laughs> yeah. us. I can't believe it. But they can't say enough nice things about like Imus and Francesa, you know, all the older guys. They love them. No. I go over this mountain in New Jersey, and all of a sudden I lose the signal of winds. Is that due to the wind pressure that comes across from the northern hemisphere? And then you get 18 guys right. to respond to like that. Like Mike Erickson jumps in. Yeah, well, right. you know Mike Erickson. I like Mike, actually. But. If you tune in on a special night, you will get the stage. And they talk to each other back and forth about this. Well, let me tell you who nerds. else is on this board. A man that comes off a very impressive 10.9 for the month of February overnights and is either number one or number two every month. He gets great ratings. He's right there with me. I mean, you go Murano, great ratings. Rosenberg, great ratings. Okay the rest of the day. Pretty good. But Murano does a great job. And uh, here he is, the man himself, the host of Other Side of Midnight, the big ratings, Frank Morano, good morning, Frank. Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on uh, the ratings. An incredibly stellar uh, book. And uh, I didn't think it was, well, two things I didn't think was possible. One, I didn't think I'd ever see any AM station, let alone WABC, four or five years ago in the morning getting these kind of numbers again. It's really a credit to you and the whole team there. But also, I didn't think it was possible, but you're actually being somewhat humble in your bragging about the ratings because not only did the numbers that you did in the morning help uh, deliver a very strong number for the whole station, but the stations that you actually beat in the morning, uh, that includes stations that are broadcasting on AM and FM. Uh, 1010 Winds, for instance, they now broadcast the same station on AM and FM. Those two stations combined still aren't beating you in the morning. Same thing with WNYC. They're 820 on AM, 93.9 FM. They combined their two signals and still are not beating you. So clearly you're doing something right. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's true. They do have AM and FM signals, and so does 1010 Winds and uh, WFAN. Got this text moments ago, and it's true. It is interesting how these groups that have comments about the ratings are all in debt and firing people every day. So those That's are the right. folks. Uh, that is right. And you know, Frank, because <laughs> you and I have joked around about this uh, silly board and Alan Snippen and you know, it's funny, I was talking to Noam last break, and this is inside baseball, but I'm old school. I was raised with Imus, 
Howard Stern, and I still believe that's what people want. They love that stuff. They like the sniping. They like the daily back and forth, whether it's me suspending Curtis Sliwa. They like a little in-house fighting, and they love stuff like this. So even though the average person doesn't read this ridiculous board, they like to hear what's going on inside our business. Agree or disagree? Uh, well, I mostly agree. I think that um, if there's one thing that we've seen with the success that you've had, not only revenue-wise with, but ratings-wise, is that you have pretty good instincts when it comes to uh, to radio. So what I think people are interested in hearing is whatever you're interested in and uh, the way that you discuss subjects that you're interested in. I remember Margot told you um, when you were doing your Super Bowl Sunday marathon of shows, okay. uh, she said, I'm going to listen. And you said, well, I'm just going to be talking about the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're going to be that interested. And she said, you discuss everything you're interested in with so much passion and energy that it makes it interesting. And I think uh, I think that's true. I think that while people may not care about who uh, Anthony Adanasio is on the on the New York radio message board <laughs> or any of these other people, uh, I, I think oh, the, the fact that you talk about it with such gusto, uh, it, it makes people, at least, if not interested, at least entertain. Well, thank you. And Margot, I will tell you, that was a six-hour show that day in a snowstorm going back about three, four years ago, Super Bowl Sunday. I was on from noon to six, and the lovely Margot Katsimatidis listened to every second of that show, six hours long, and she couldn't give a, a rat's ass right. about the National Football League. So thank you, Margot, and thank you, Frank, for mentioning that. Now, talking about great instincts, you've got them. Again, coming up another 11. Your numbers overnight are just through the roof. I mean, just incredible. But you also love pizza. You love radio. You also love pizza. I know that. And the cover of today's New York Post says, bye-bye, Miss American Pie. It's a pizza history. Or cheese. Last dollar slice in New York City is now not a dollar, but a dollar fifty. But Biden and Albany keep spending, driving up inflation. Always uh, fun to take a shot at the federal government if we can. But what about the pizza business in New York City? What does the future Frank Morano look like? Well, look, I think the pizza business in New York is thriving. I I think uh, that uh, pizza in New York is uh, some of the best in the world. In fact, uh, there are uh, certain places in New York that I think are much better than certain pizza spots in Italy. And I get what the New York Post is. And you're always going to start with L&B Spumoni Gardens, right? Always. Well, you know, it's a specific type, right? And that's what's so great about New York is there's so many different types of pizza. So if you like a a thicker crust, and I love L&B. I think they do a great job. But you have to be into the way they do pizza. You have to be into a thicker crust, like almost a Sicilian style, but with that upside down style with the cheese beneath the sauce. Not everybody likes that. In Staten Island, you know, we we were of the thin crust uh, mentality. So it's a different style. But the thing is, with the exception of maybe deep dish Chicago style, New York has the best of every different type of, of pizza there are. Uh, thick crust, thin crust, Sicilian, Detroit style, whatever you're into. But as far as this uh, article in the New York Post goes, I get what they're trying to do uh, is they're trying to illustrate the inflation problem, which is very real, by focusing on uh, two brothers uh, raising their price to $1.50. But the reality is there are still plenty of dollar pizza shops in New York. You have 99-cent pizza. You have a couple of other places. So I'm not sure this is as much of a big news story as the New York Post is making it out to be. I think they're really just kind of pushing – 
a political agenda and using pizza to do it, which, hey, who can blame him? I'm sure it'll get clicks wherever you have pizza. In there you go. This is uh, the, the way I do radio. It's intended for the listeners and the listeners' enjoyment. So bringing on Frank Morano to discuss New York pizza, that's how you get it done. Uh, what is, your, is, your, is your favorite pizza spot, uh, Alan B? I won't go back there anymore. Oh, uh, that's right. They made you wait online right. or something. Yeah, you or don't make treated, uh, you don't put, right. They treated you like a normal person. Correct. Yeah. How dare they? You don't put baby in the corner, and you never make Sid Rosenberg wait online. <laughs> never. Forty five minutes. I'm like, do you know who I? I went Reese Witherspoon. I swear to God, I'm so embarrassed. I went. Do you know who I am? And they couldn't right. care less. They had like this a picture is, of Steve Sharippa, <laughs> Craig Carton. You know, this uh, is beyond <laughs> right. Um, but um, so, if you had to pick a favorite pizza shop in New York now, what would you pick? You know, I don't really have a favorite one anymore. Oh. I, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I used to live by Madison High School on East 22nd Street and, and, uh, and Quentin Road. And there was a place by the subway tracks on East 16th Street, and it was called Belladonna Pizza, and I loved it. And then I worked with my brother-in-law, Albert, on Ocean Avenue and Avenue U, and there's a place that's still there, and the pizza is still great, and it's called Trio Pizza. See, like, now it's different because when I was a kid, Frank, they had pizzerias. Now... Your Italian restaurants, whether it's Harry's right, in Lower, right. now they make pizza. You know, it's weird. I, I go for like a chicken parmesan, and I start with a margarita pizza. That's weird. But so, so for me, at least at this stage of my life, I don't really have a quote-unquote favorite pizza. And don't forget, in the last couple of months, I've lived in Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. So it's hard to, to have that place, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, no. So where do you come down on the whole Defara debate? Overrated, overpriced, or is it as good as everybody says? I've actually Both. never been to Defara. Both. Overrated and overpriced. And uh, to think that Bill de Blasio saved the place when the rest of the city completely fell apart under his watch shows you Bill de Blasio, who, mind you, ate pizza with a fork and a knife, which has really, really stopped Morick. He, uh, he blew that one. Well, first of all, I think once in a while I'll pick up a fork and a knife when you first start the piece of, the slice of pizza and it's a thicker slice yeah. and it makes sense. And uh, Donald Trump <laughs> ate pizza with a knife and fork. Remember when he ate pizza with Sarah Palin when she was in town? That's he ate true. pizza with a knife and fork. That's yeah. true. That's so, true. I look, uh, it, let's be an equal opportunity critic. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll let yeah. you do that. Most of the time you can't talk badly, but my friend Donald Trump, I'll let you do that. So, uh, Ed Cox. Just about a month ago, I had the fortunate opportunity to uh, co-host a whole week of shows with Cats. When it was Cats at Night, now it's Cats and Cosby. And uh, Ed Cox sat in a couple of those shows. He is now the GOP chairman. And we know that Republicans have done a much better job in this state. That last election in 2022, we gained four congressional seats, even though one of those is George Santos. And we got some other wins along the way. And now we've got a whole bunch of Republican council members uh, looming. But uh, is Ed Cox, is that the right guy for the job? Well, I don't know. I think the answer is a definite maybe. You know, if you would have asked me a year and a half, two years ago, I would have said uh, probably not. It's probably time to pick somebody new. But what we saw from Ed Cox last year was really impressive. One, he um, led the lawsuit on the gerrymandering to challenge all these gerrymandered congressional lines. He brought the lawsuit along with John Faso, and he's the one that created all these new competitive congressional districts that allowed for 
four new Republicans to get elected, which basically gave the Republicans the majority in the House. So that's a point in his favor. Also, the pack that he ran on behalf of Zeldin, the independent expenditure that he ran on behalf of Zeldin, that was uh, something that I think made the governor's race much closer than anybody would have anticipated. The thing that I think Ed has in his favor is that he is not somebody that has ever alienated the Trump people, but he's also not somebody that's alienated the old school New York Rockefeller wing of the Republican Party. So I think for the time being, Ed might be a good uh, choice. One of the things that I hope Ed does is uh, move towards allowing blanks, people that are independents, not enrolled in any party, to vote in Republican primaries, because we've seen two things happen recently. One is Republicans are now only the third highest ranking registration in New York state. It goes Democrat, unaffiliated, and then Republican. That just happened. And two, we see a lot of Republican primaries where the candidates who emerge in these contests end up having to take positions that make them unelectable in the general election. If independents got to vote in these elections, which, by the way, they're paying for as taxpayers, then I think you would see much more um, attractive general election candidates emerge. Well, let's do this. 60 seconds to go. Let's take that to the the, um, federal scene. The Democrats are claiming a third party candidate will help reelect Donald Trump. You agree with that? I, I don't. And and honestly, whether it's uh, Paul Begala or this third way think tank or, um, you know, any of these other people that are pushing this out there, I don't even want to hear any Democratic strategists say that unless they have publicly advocated for ranked choice voting, which would do away with that spoiler effect. It seems to me like they're just um, making um, no labels in this case. That's the one that uh, you spoke to Joe Lieberman about that has uh, gotten ballot access in all these states so far. It seems like they're setting no labels up to be a uh, a poster child for any Democratic failures in 2024. If they're really concerned about a third-party candidate splitting the vote, then these states that are controlled by Democratic legislatures should institute ranked-choice voting, and you won't have to worry about it. But none of these people that have complained about it have done that. Frank, what can I say? I love you off the air. I love you on the air. Uh, you're, you're great. You're great. Ratings are great. Congratulations on another terrific month. You are lining up for a tremendous winter book come March. So, again, keep up the great work. Keep coming on my show. And congratulations on your success, too. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for having me. I love you, too, Sid. Thanks for what you're doing on behalf of the station. Thank you, buddy. Love you. There he is, the great Frank Morano, host of Other Side of Midnight. Great ratings, great guy, great instincts. Just terrific. Frank Morano. A lot more to do this morning, folks. My man, Bo Deedle. Coming up at 7.40, love myself some bow on a Tuesday morning. President Trump's counsel, senior advisor, right there in Trump's camp. Speak to him about 100 times a day. Boris Epstein, he'll be here at 8.40. And, of course, Oscar Award actress Lorraine Bracco from The Sopranos and Goodfellas. She'll be here at 9.25. Keep it right here. This is the Tuesday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me. Sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, here's something to keep an eye on. If Donald Trump is indicted by a Manhattan grand jury at the behest of far-left district attorney Alvin Bragg, the House Republicans will almost certainly refer criminal charges against the Biden family, perhaps including the president himself. That's because everybody knows the Stormy Daniels situation is being used to punish Donald Trump politically, just as the two impeachments were. The GOP rightly will fight back. In the middle of this political chicanery are we the people. All of this certainly does not help strengthen our country. In fact, major damage is being done to the USA by zealots on both sides of the political equation but mostly the far left. The media, of course, could not care less about the folks and will not report the truth about our now weaponized justice system, which rarely seeks justice. Today, it's all about power politics and ideology, so-called prosecutorial discretion and the failure of civil judges in following stated law has destroyed accountability in the nation's court system. If you are looking for justice there, beware. From us, we will give you the facts about the entire Trump situation without calculation or deceit. We hope you respect that. Back in a moment. No question there is a concerted effort to intimidate and silence conservative thinkers and replace our God-given individual liberty with big government controls. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is the leading conservative advocacy and benefits organization in America. AMAC gives you access to exclusive benefits and all kinds of great content. Please stand with AMAC at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Listen to the radio I heard a song 
Happy birthday to the great Eddie Money. Would have been 74 years old today. He died a couple years ago, but he's still one of my old-time favorite acts. I want to go back. Eddie Money. Oh, God! There's uh, Mayor Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul. I'll get to them in a second, but I, I, um, uh, the, now he just suspended Curtis for another week. And he had nothing to do with it. It wasn't even his fault. Some moron on that message board was saying that he's angry. Breaking news. Yeah. He's angry. He only listens to me because of Curtis, who's on about nine minutes a week. And now he's done with me. So now Curtis is suspended another week. <laughs> he didn't even do anything. Just, his name was just brought right. right through the radar. If you bring up his name, again, you're weaponizing Bernie against me. Now you're weaponizing Curtis against me. And it's not going to work. Again, the ratings are better than ever. Double, triple what they were before. It's not going to work. And now what you're doing is you're putting the people that you, well, I guess you purport to love, in jeopardy of never coming back. That's uh, that's kind of that. I do want to get to um, some of these cuts quickly. Before we break for Bo Deedle, Donald Trump is not getting indicted or arrested today. I told you that unequivocally yesterday, right? No hesitation. I told you, in fact, we're going to talk to a man who's right there in the belly of the beast with Donald Trump all day, every day down in Mar-a-Lago, his counsel and senior advisor, Boris Epstein, coming up again at 840, his second visit in five days. So he's not getting arrested today or indicted, but it still might happen down the road. I don't know. But uh, that didn't stop a bunch of these great Republicans from coming out and defending my friend Donald Trump yesterday. One of those is uh, Jim Jordan. He's been on this show many times out of the great state of Ohio. And uh, he talks here on Fox News about this uh, Alvin Bragg, his, his attempt to take down President Trump. This, Lewis, is Jim Jordan, cut number four. First, they went after President Trump on Russia. Then it was a phone call with Zelensky. Then they wanted his tax return. Then they go after his business records. Then they go after his children. And now it's some misdemeanor alleged bookkeeping error that they're going to. And this is from the prosecutor who initially didn't want to do this. In fact, he had people resign because he wasn't going to do this because no one else will bring this case. I mean, the DOJ didn't bring the case. The Federal District of New York didn't bring the case. The previous prosecutor in the district there in Manhattan didn't bring the case. Mr. Bragg himself didn't want to bring the case. But then he got pressured, I think, from the left. And I would say this. The one thing that has changed, the one thing that I think has changed his mind is Mm -hmm. President Trump announced he was going to run for president again. And suddenly, here they go. Now they're coming after him for some alleged bookkeeping error. You've got to be kidding me. So uh, we, we, we want to know what kind of federal involvement may have, may have taken place here. And okay. we want to know, did this stem from the Mueller special counsel investigation getting to this point as well? Let's move from Ohio to South Carolina. Here's my guy, Lindsey Graham Lewis, on the Trump witch hunt. This is cut number seven. Here's what the New York Times said about this. The case against the former president hinges on an untested, and therefore risky legal theory involving a complex interplay of laws all amounting to a low-level felony. You know what that means in English? They're making stuff up that they've never used against anybody because they hate Trump. That's what this is. They're brewing a legal cocktail, Tony, to try to come up with some bizarre theory of the law never used by anybody in New York just because they hate Trump. You know why they're doing this? Because they're afraid of Trump. That's why they're doing it. He's right. So let's go from Ohio to South Carolina, even though Donald Trump is relentless, relentless when it comes to DeSantis. Ronnie found a way to defend the former president yesterday. 
Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, Lewis, cut number 10. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. Let's go to one more, my favorite TV host, even though, again, I thought playing those McCarthy tapes was just, hey, look how big my penis is, and exposed nothing and did nothing. But I love Tucker Carlson. I love him. And he was on this station yesterday, believe it or not, with Bo Snurdly, who's on at uh, 4 o'clock every day. And in this last cut, we'll play this segment. He talked about he would get it if Trump did something wrong, but he hasn't. Tucker Carlson with Bo Snurdly, cut number 14. I wouldn't even think about it as a former president. I would think about it as the front runner in the presidential race, which is underway. So that's right. the thing. And by the way, if, if if there's some real crime that Trump committed, you know, tell us what it is. And, you know, the guy gets busted embezzling or killing someone or whatever. I think he should be prosecuted. This is a completely fake crime. There's nothing real about it. And they're trying to take out the front runner in the presidential race. Like, that's not allowed. There he is. So, yes, people yes. have a right to yeah. protest. The Justice Department, the, the Manhattan DA's office has absolutely no right to short circuit a presidential race because they don't like the candidate. All right, there he is, Tucker Carlson. Good job. And that wraps up the Jim Jordan, Lindsey Graham, Ron DeSantis, Tucker Carlson defense of President Trump. We've got my man. I love him dearly. Man, we had a great time at dinner on Thursday night. Driving up there with Bo Deedle was so much fun. Bo is coming up next. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Spent a part of two decades, he distinguished himself as one of the greatest and most heroic cops in the history of the NYPD. He's gone on to become an unbelievable actor. I mean, I mean, great. Care what movie you pick out. Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, Goodfellas, great TV shows, Godfather of Harlem, Gravesend, now Blue Bloods. And most importantly, take it from a guy who's about as close with Bo as you can get. For about 25 years, he has been... Such a loyal and dear friend. He's a relative at this point. He's not even a friend. He's family. Here he is, the great Bo Deedle. Bo, happy Tuesday morning, buddy. How are you? Oh, boy. I just enjoy waking up to you and listening to you, my friend. Thank you. All I could say is I want you to bring, uh, send an invitation from you to Rick Patino. We'll have dinner at Rayo's. That's his welcoming coming on to St. John's. I love it. You can... You could give him the invitation, and you know you'll be with me. And, you know, if our friend comes, when our friend comes uh, from the New York Jets, you will be at that table. How about, okay, that? How about, the, how about the possibility of one night at Rayo's, Bo Deedle, who owns a place, trust me, there's nobody like Bo. He walks in on a Thursday night. The whole place does the wave. Bo Deedle with Sid Rosenberg, Aaron Rodgers, and Rick Pitino on a Thursday night at Rayo's. How hot would that be? Oh, we, we, we could do that. I mean, I was able to bring up their uh, radar head 
what's his name, from Microsoft and, uh, yep. and Warren Buffett and have them all on my table, Jack Welch. We've had them all, but I, we need our New York sports figures up there. We've had all the uh, quarterbacks and the Giants up there on my table there, Sims and, and the other fellow who never won the Super Bowl. What's his name? Uh, he never won the Super Bowl for the Giants? No, never, never won it for the Jets. Oh, for the Jets. Uh, I don't know, Mark Sanchez, Vinny Testaverde? No, he's on your he's on your competitive station. Come on! Oh, Boomer, Boomer Esiason. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. got to one Super Bowl with the Bengals, and he lost to Joe Montana and the Niners. In fact, the very first time I ever went to Rayo's with you, that you invited me twenty three yeah. years ago, the table that night was Monica Crowley and Phil Sims. Yeah. That yeah, was well, the night they. That, that was the night they towed my car because I had three thousand dollars in parking tickets. <laughs> well, yeah. but, but okay, that invitation you put it together, Sid. Done. You should bring Patino, and you should also uh, uh, bring our new quarterback from the New York Jets. Also, I want you to put it together, Done. and we'll host it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Done. All right. Now let's get to some of this important stuff, like this Trump BS and this indictment, uh, supposedly, and all that. And all all that's going on right now, and Joe will be on there, Takapina. I've been out with him many times since this whole thing occurs, and it's just such an idiot thing. But I'm glad about one thing. The chairman of the Oversight and Judiciary Committee demanded Alvin uh, and the chipmunks there, Bragg, and he wants them to hand over documents and testify before the Senate Judiciary Chair, along with Jim Jordan. Put this fat pig in front of the United States Congress and let's see what you got there, El Piggio, because he's answering to no one. Instead of, uh, 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 what's her name, Letitia James worrying about uh, drag queen story hour, getting $200,000 for these people. She should be looking into why is this prosecution being held if there is no laws that were broken. You're supposed to be the attorney general, Letitia. This is under your jurisdiction. Oh, wait a second. I forgot. She ran and said, I'm going to indict Donald Trump. Well, if Donald Trump did something wrong, you indict him. But if there is no crime there. And even a number one first-year student in law can see there is no crime there. And all of a sudden now you're making the crime to fit it? It's so ridiculous. And I'm glad Joe is there. But the whole real reason, let's face it, we're not stupid people. Why is this all of a sudden happening? You got that pig from Hungary, that pig, and I'll call him a pig. I'll spit in his face and slap him. George Soros, that fat communist pig. He's the one that's steering this whole ship going into the abyss. He's the one that's supporting all these liberal progressive DAs across the United States of America. He's the one that's destroying our country bit by bit as far as what's going on in our streets. No one's worrying about the crime problem on our streets. We're worrying about Donald Trump. And I mean, when you think about what's going on, all our freedoms, this is what's at stake right now with this selective uh, prosecution. All our freedoms that we love, it's all being handed over to this pig, George Soros. And I want your listeners to go after him and verbally chop him down. And I think that uh, we should, with the Senate Oversight Committee, we should investigate that pig to see if he's paying proper taxes also. <laughs> I mean, you want to investigate? Let's put that pig on the, uh, on, on the Inquisition, okay? I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I love it. But, 
the bottom line from this is this, and I'm starting to feel it. I'm feeling it from some of my liberal Democratic friends. I'm feeling it. What is the most important thing? The most important thing is we're on the verge of war with China. In case we didn't know it, they're tormenting us. They're sticking their finger in their face. What do you? What happens when you keep sticking your finger in somebody's face? You're going to end up clocking them. And we're going to go to war. And then what? Would, we don't know what's going to happen. Because once this opens up, we don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about taking a week off, Sid. There might not be any, any <laughs> studio anymore. There might not be any America. There may You're not right. be any world. You're right. This is so serious. Yep. And then also the inflation. And it all stems from the leadership in Washington with those clowns that he's appointed in every cabinet position. Clown, clown, clown. And then what's happening with our border and what's happening in New York City. Now they're estimating it's going to cost us another $10 billion for these illegal immigrants. That's yeah. what they are. Well, Let's call it like no, it is. I know. Illegal and, immigrants. And so yesterday I sent a text to a mutual friend, and he is a friend, Mayor Eric Adams, yeah. you know, you talked about all these yeah. clowns that Biden appointed. Biden's the biggest clown of all. Now, I understand, I understand, Bo, that bringing the DNC to New York means millions, if not billions of dollars. I get it. And we can use the money. I get it. But I actually sent Eric a text, and I cursed twice, which I don't do with the mayor. I said, listen, do me a favor. I know you want the DNC here. I get it. But do yourself a yeah. favor. Don't compare yourself to Joe Biden. When Eric Adams is out there yesterday talking about, hey, he's a blue-collar president, like I'm a blue-collar mayor, this guy is the most corrupt. He lives in a $9 million house. He taxes everybody in this country. He's a lowlife. I said, Mr. Mayor, I get it. You want the DNC here, but there has to be a better way than to favorably compare yourself to the worst president in our lifetime, Joe Biden. So I'm all over Adams the last two days. And you know what? You you support Eric like I do, and I still support. And people, I catch a lot of crap from it. But all I'm saying is you have the opportunity. If you don't take it, then it's going to be your fault. It just continues. Did you see the last move by this moron? He all of a sudden vetoed a bill. He vetoed a bill where they were restricting pension funds from making investment decisions into all these climate changes, all these environmental, social, and corporate governance. And all of a sudden, he vetoed it. The United States Senate voted 50 to 46 to pass this bill. The United States Congress voted 216 to 204. Now the moron who doesn't know where he is is that he's going to veto it, meaning that $12 trillion invested in our pension and our retirement funds have to go to environmental, social, and corporate governance and all this bull crap. Now he's controlling where your retirement money goes, and you have to go into the big wind, the wind turbines that don't work, and then we have to go where we don't have any gasoline for our cars, and we have to go into a woke. Everything in our whole country is going in the toilet. And if our independents and Democrats don't wake up, we are going to be gone. And America, as we know it and as it exists, will not be there. And everybody could talk crap. And you're on every day. I'm on as much as I can cry and scream. And I got children and grandchildren. But our lives are going to be over. Do you understand, people? Do you understand? Get your Democratic friends. Get your, your independent, your liberal friends and say, are you really happy with the direction of this country? And then you now they, now they put in New York State Ed Cox. 
with all respect, I know he's John's friend. I've had my run-ins with him. He ran the Republican Party for 10 years. He ran it into the ground. Now he gets reappointed. That's a bad move. That's a bad move. Yeah, John Sweeney was the former the director of the Republican Party. We had Pataki. We had Giuliani. We had Joe Bruno as head of the Senate. We had strong Republicans. Now we run these morons, including that moron from, from Long Island Santos. You run these idiots. We had no strong candidates. We need some young, some vibrant person in there Republic, uh, running the Republican Party. It's time to go out to the dog trap. <laughs> go to the dog trap, Ed. Put a tag on him like I used to say. And let him go to the dog trap. His claim to fame was Mary Treese. Chris Nixon, big deal. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> and you're very, you were very friendly with China too. And you were very Chinese. When I had those those Gao guys and all those people, when I was involved with that Chinese company, oh, he was at the party with the Chinese. And let me tell you, no American company should do any business with any Chinese firms. I'm telling you right now, when I did business with him, till I found out. Every major company, large company in China, is being run by the Communist China Party. That means that you're involved with them. And what happened to our 67 CIA operatives in China? They all disappeared. They're all dead. They're all dead. And if any American companies deal with Chinese companies, you're going to be dead, too. Because in reality, I've cut my ties completely. I don't even buy Chinese food more than twice a month. <laughs> because I'm afraid. And I'm afraid a rat might pop out. You see the paper the other day? Yeah. Guys eating someone new, and all of a sudden he was eating some young rat. So, you know what? So they grind that stuff up. Who knows what the hell you're eating? And I'm going to tell you something right now. I got to walk. I got to walk inside. I'm going to make my own Chinese food. In reality, on a serious note, on a real serious note, think about what I say, listeners. Please call your relatives. Understand, this is not a game. This is our future. This is America that we all are proud to be Americans. And all of a sudden, you have all these Alejandros coming through our border. No one's stopping it. I go to the store. Half the people can't even speak English. I'm trying to communicate. Maybe I should take up Spanish and Chinese <laughs> because that's what's going to control our world. Oh, uh, listen, Bo, what am I going to say? Another amazing... Oh, ab- I, I, God, I, I know, you're the best. I, you, I, you do say it the way it is. I loved your cock stuff, too. But on the way out, I thought about you a lot on Sunday because Sunday was the St. Joseph's Day, the Feast yeah. of St. Joseph's. And you and I had some desserts on Thursday night uh, in advance of uh, St. Joseph's Day. So I did think about you on Sunday, that uh, beautiful feast and that great holiday. And we had such a great yeah. time last Thursday. And this was a great appearance today. I love you this, so much. You know what, Sid? What that is is the pastry. They put canola cream or custard in it. Very good. One more thing real fast. We're starting again. The 16th now they want to wipe out their record. So if you committed murder and you're 16 years old or 15 years old, you will not have a record. Another ridiculous thing Agreed. going on in our progressive yep. society. Agreed. We must draw the line for our future. Couldn't agree more. They should treat those kids like adults and uh, give them the chair. Anyway, another amazing appearance. That's why folks love you, Bo. You're the best. 740 on the phone every Tuesday, 905 live in studio every Thursday. They do not come better than Bo Deedle as a person, as a cop, as an actor, and as a guest. They don't come better than Bo Deedle. I love you. I love you. I love you. 
entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends. The windows go against my cheek. I've got this fear inside of me. Stairs into the street Hour number three, 808 on your beautiful Tuesday morning, sun splash skies, highs in the 60s, spring is here. I'm wearing my uh, New York Ranger blue shirt sweatshirt today, no coat, no jacket, I love it. Congratulations uh, to my team, Lou Rafino, Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, on a tremendous February book. We uh, did a 7.6 in January. And I won't do this again tomorrow, I promise. Won't do this again until sometime in April when the winter book comes out. And this month is completed. These are just monthlies. The actual book, very inside baseball, I understand. The actual book comes out in April. And we're going to win the winter book and be number one in mornings. Uh, We had a 7.6 in January. And now we just finished February with a 7.5. That is a number that is unheard of. Just trust me. Just Forget about the business. Most shows in this genre get threes. Two eight, two nine, three. If you're really good, maybe you get a 3.5. Frank Morano did get a 10 on the overnights. But to get over a four in New York City on AM radio discussing the polarizing topics we do in mornings is impossible. For example, Don Imus, who was never a big ratings guy, he was a huge revenue guy, he was a three. That's it. For us to get nearly eight the last two months, you folks have no idea how immense that is. We've never done it before. Like I said, we haven't. Not Bernie and Sid, not I missed none of these shows. So it's a testament to the guys that work hard on this show, to John Amargo's leadership, to Chad Lopez's leadership, to Matt Meany's job as PD, and to the vision of the show, which is, a broader, more entertaining show that appeals to a lot of listeners and not just the folks that are watching Fox News. That's not what I want to do. Has never been. I've been very consistent. Know me, know me for years. How many times did you hear me yelling and screaming in the hallways about potential topics and what the show is about and going over the same thing a hundred times? You heard it five years ago. Did you not? I did. And I always thought it was very narrow-minded to go to one audience because there's not that many of them. No. Not here, at least. No. <laughs> not, not in New York. Right. In New York, you, you better start appealing to the other folks. 
And we do that. We bring on Democrats and we talk about topics that a lot of Republicans don't want to hear. And I'm not afraid to criticize people like Donald Trump or Tucker Carlson or Greg Gutfeld. Doesn't mean I don't love them. But this show is bigger than that. It has become that. And it's evidenced by the ratings. So congratulations to all the guys here for doing a great job. Show's fun. It's funny. It's open. It's unpredictable. And the audience clearly loves it. Clearly. And we've got great guests. And there's no question about that. We do about five a day. Great guests. Bo Deedle was just outstanding. Frank Morano was great this morning. Boris Epstein is coming up. Folks, we are going to the beast of the belly. The only story anybody's covering today is the potential indictment and arrest of Donald Trump, which I told you unequivocally yesterday was not going to happen. How do I know that? Don't worry about it. But we're going to Boris Epstein today, and he's with Donald all day, every day. He's his counsel and senior advisor. He'll be on for the second time in five days. Bill O'Reilly every Thursday, Peter King every Wednesday, Joe Tacopina every Friday, Rich Lowry, got sports figures on, Bill Sims, Dwight Gooden, etc. We've got actors on, Lorraine Brocco coming up at 925 today. That's a show that appeals to a much bigger audience than I think Greg Gutfeld is hysterical. Just saying. What were you trying to see if we were listening? You know, um, <laughs> Curtis is still suspended. What? This is news. So I, I decided at literally 8.03, before we, we came back from break, that I was going to bring him back tomorrow. Now, you have to understand, he may not want to come back. Somebody just sent me a text. I go, why are you so jealous of Curtis? I said, yeah, you got it. You're right. It's the other way around, stupid. I'm the guy with the morning show. I'm the guy making much more money. It's the other way around, clearly. Um, and that's okay, because I love Kurt. Read my book, my latest book. I give Kurt a lot of the credit for bringing me back to New York. He was one of those guys. He really was. Curtis was right there with Pete Morgan and Chad Lopez and Jill Vitale and Bernie and all those people. I love Curtis. And he's funny. He's really good on the air. He's an icon. He's a legend. But he did something last week which I asked him not to do, and he got suspended. And then uh, he did reach out to me on Sunday, and I did not pick up the call. I wasn't available. That was my fault. I admit it, that was my fault, not his. So I apologize for that. But then he came into work yesterday and acted like such a dick that now he's suspended for the week. I don't care. I just don't care. I don't get a 7.6 because Curtis is on three days a week. Stop it. Even though he's great, I love him on the air. He's great with me. We have a great rapport. But you come in, you don't talk to anybody here. And uh, I don't care, but Phil was visibly upset. Macedonia Phil was visibly upset. Almost in tears. Is that right, Phil? Something like that. I yeah. was, Yeah, I was very touched by Not touched, the opposite of touched. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever you're Laura, saying, I, I agree it. with. How do we get a 7.6? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, well, I, What's the opposite? Whatever that is, I'm 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 pretty much that. <laughs> so I said to Lou, I said, um, "Thank you for that." I said, "I'm about to um, I'm about to uh, lift the suspension," and Lou was like, "Don't you dare!" So don't, don't put words on. I never said that. You're like, I heard what? him say it. I never said, "Don't you dare." Well, you 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 implied that. I never said that. You said that. what? And you looked no. at me like I was like I had three heads. The last time I said that to you, you were about to get one more drink and it was 3.30 in the morning and that was about 25 years ago. It was so probably 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard him say it too. I heard Lou say that. 
What's that? I heard Lou say the same thing. Uh, thank you. We were in the bathroom looking over the stall next to each other. But I, uh, you heard him. We we're talking yeah. about it. I'm very, to- to- I'm very touched by that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very touched by it. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we'll bring him back up Friday. Of course, I'm assuming he wants to come back. He may take the stance now that, well, I don't need you either. And uh, I'm just going to do my uh, 12 to 1 show, which gets a 2.8, by the way. What's going to happen at 12.45? I'm surprised that you've forgotten about what he did originally. Because what he did originally was what you're mad at him for. And what was that? That whole thing that we can't talk about. I know. So how can you not still be mad at him for that? Oh, I'm furious about that. So why are you letting him back on? Well, you know, because I'm a good-natured guy. And again, I, I go back to 2016. He was right there, Noam. Right. On the line of folks that got me back to New York, and I can't forget that. So I always have uh, loyalty towards him. But, you know, you can't be pissing off all of my friends, all of them, on a daily basis, you know, to get a laugh. I, I get it. I mean, I, you know, I piss off a lot of people, too. I don't care. It's all about getting a laugh. I'm not, really, I'm not a mean-spirited person, not even close. People I make fun of on this show happen to love those people. But, you know, what he does, he goes over the top. He can't control himself. And then... And then I get calls and on a Sunday, and that's the last thing I want, you know. So, But I, I, I do have a, a certain sense of loyalty to the dumb bastard, and that's why I, I keep considering bringing him back. But you guys, you're like adamant, don't do it. You're the, you're the ones. It's not even me. What did he do to you guys? What did he do to you, Your Phil? show. Don't put this blame on us. This is your call. Yeah, but I, but I look to you guys for advice. I, I treat you guys like you and Noam and Lewis and Justin like... Like my board of directors, for example, like John Katsimatidis, right? John makes all the decisions. He's made billions of dollars. He's a brilliant businessman. But he's got George, and he's got Emily, and he's got John, and he's got 9 million people up there in these meetings. And he will occasionally go, what do you think? So I go to you guys, what do you think? And without any hesitation, any, don't do it. Don't bring him back. I think it's your mistake in the first place to ask me for any advice about your show. Well, that's a whole other story. You're right about that. I got to play this Donald Trump thing. Trump was on uh, Truth Social yesterday, uh, the day before this whole indictment arrest, which was never going to happen, was going to happen. And here he is. This is uh, Donald Trump Lewis, cut number 15, telling the world exactly what these people want to do to him, and it just ain't right. These four horrible, radical left Democrat investigations of your all-time favorite president, me, is just a continuation of the most disgusting witch hunt in the history of our country. It's gone on forever with Russia, 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 and Ukraine, 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 and the Mueller hoax. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. They even spied on my campaign. And remember this, with all of the work that they did on Mueller, no collusion. That's what the answer was, was all no collusion. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse-faced Daniels <laughs> extortion plot, they're all sick, and it's fake news. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them, and they know it very strongly, and they're looking at the polls where not me, but we are up by so much. They can't even believe it. We won twice, and now we've got to win a third time. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. 
and I always will stand in their way. Thank you very much. So I thought Bill O'Reilly was great with Katz and Cosby last night. What did he do? And he said, listen, it's very simple. If they indict Trump, Biden has to be next. This is Bill O'Reilly with Katz and Cosby. Lou Rapino, cut number one. If Donald Trump is indicted, this will make it a virtual certainty that the House of Representatives will refer criminal charges against the Biden family. Because Republicans, and rightly so, will say, okay, you're coming after one of our people running for president. We're going to do the same thing to you. We've got enough, and the House committees will, you know, you're seeing it now. They want Alvin Bragg to come into Washington to explain it. But the real hammer is, they're going to refer criminal charges against the Biden family and possibly the president himself. That's likely to happen now. So no one knows who Bob Costello is. He was Michael Cohen's attorney. Michael Cohen, that low-life felon sleazebag, was Donald Trump's attorney. And during that whole Stormy Daniels interaction. But Costello was out there. He was the last person, I guess, to speak to the grand jury yesterday on this whole Trump deal. And uh, he went right after Michael Cohen because Cohen, again, was the attorney that was involved in the hush money deal with Stormy Daniels. If you missed it, right after he spoke to the grand jury, here's Bob Costello yesterday speaking to the press. Cut number 21. Michael Cohen told us that he was approached by Stormy Daniels' lawyer, and Stormy Daniels had negative information that she wanted to put in a lawsuit against Trump. So Michael Cohen decided on his own, that's what he told us, to see if he could take care of this. You think a guy whose mindset right at that moment is a lie, cheat, steal, shoot somebody, whatever it takes, I'm not going to jail. Well, he went to jail and now he's on the revenge tour. I've listened to Michael Cohn stand in front of the courthouse and say things that are directly contrary to what he said to us. My obligation is to bring the truth to both the district attorney and to Trump's lawyers. That's exactly what I did. He's right. Michael Cohen is a filthy scumbag liar and here he is responding to costello yesterday lewis cut number 22 bob costello if he was any more imaginary in the statements that are coming out of his mouth he'd be a number one new york times best-selling fiction author right or he'd be uh, in prison for committing a felony mike like you did low life finally here are new york republicans on the street Supporting my man, Donald Trump, my good buddy. This is cut number 23. We want President Trump to know that he has our support. We stand behind him. We want to show that conservatives can still come out in a deep blue city and protest peacefully. There you have it. Two Republicans on the street we found. (laughs) We found two. All right. Been a great show already. Seriously, Frank Morano, Bo Deedle. Coming up, we got Gnomes Nuggets always. It's either informative or funny, but it's always entertaining nevertheless. Then we'll talk to Trump's right-hand man, like I said, the belly of the beast. We go down to Mar-a-Lago and talk to Boris Epstein for the second time in five days, coming up at 840, and then Academy Award-winning actress, the great Lorraine Bracco from Goodfellas, Sopranos, and so much more. Second half of New York's favorite talk show in the morning, Sitting Friends in the Morning, rolls on right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC.
Kid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Seventy-four years old today, but he dead. So, but happy birthday to the great Eddie Money. Al Farage, Mr. RPM Raceway, just sent me a picture. He's driving somewhere, and there it is. Maybe twenty-five feet in front of him, this huge billboard with my face on it. I'm getting more and more of these every day. My daughter Ava has a, a buddy. Her name is Miriam, and Miriam is uh, here in New York. Ava's in college in Europe. But uh, Miriam works in New Jersey and lives in Battery Park by me and Danielle and Gabriel. She was on a bus going to work in Jersey yesterday to the Lincoln Tunnel. And my daughter, Ava, sent me a uh, snapshot of the actual text conversation. And Miriam goes, Ava, you're not going to believe this, but I think I just saw your father smiling at me when I was going into the Lincoln Tunnel. Okay. <laughs> that's that sentence alone is kind of. Uh, <laughs> I know it's kind of weird. <laughs> I know she goes, "Oh my God, your dad is on a billboard." So uh, I don't know what that is. I think it's the. It looks like the turnpike, maybe it may be Route 80 in Patterson. But these uh, billboards are popping up everywhere thanks to Al Farage, and it looks amazing. We'll put this up on the website. Anyway, Boris Epstein. Council, senior advisor at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump all day, every day. He'll join us in about 10 minutes. And the great award-winning actress, Lorraine Bracco. She's got a new movie out. She's coming up at 925. It is time for Gnome's Nuggets. Good morning, Mr. Gnome. Good morning, Sydney. I'm just curious. In all the years that you've been married to Danielle, yeah. did she ever ask you to have a vasectomy? I already had it. Oh, you had one? Yes. Yes, my son Gabriel, God bless him. Right. My angel. He'll be 15 in November. So he was born in November of 2008. And not long after that, living in Florida, I had a vasectomy. And the guy that did it is a guy named Grant Disick. And if the name Disick sounds familiar, right. his cousin is Scott Disick of Kardashian fame. Scott was with the middle sister That's all those right. years. So his cousin, Grant, uh, did the operation, and it was fine. But for about five seconds, when they inject this narco stuff okay, I'll be right into back. your I'm balls, right. Jeez. it's like they set your body on fire. After that, it was fine. I mean, I had to walk around a tennis tournament the next day, but my daughter, she was a kid back then. You know, I had elephantitis for about three days, but uh, it was all worth it. Why do you ask? I'm I ask because there is this um, urban legend that vasectomy, the number one time of year for m- men to get vasectomies is during March Madness because, 
after you get, you know, the snip snip, they go into the vas deferens and they prevent it from transporting sperm to the testicles. That's painful. You have to sit around for a couple of days. Yeah. And that March Madness is the time to do it because there's basketball on, you know, essentially 24-7 for the first week. Wow. You know, it's funny. it makes sense. I mean, it's also the, uh, the time of year when people go to Vegas. I mean, the Super Bowl is the big daily event. Right. But there are guys I know that go to Vegas for three weeks and sit there and bet all day, every day. So gambling and vasectomies. Yeah, so I had to test the theory. You know me, I like to do a deep dive and see if this is nonsense or if this is true. So I checked in with the National Vasectomy Society, who knew there was such a thing. <laughs> Where'd you find them? I'm <laughs> you just, I just you know, looked through the yellow pages. So, um, so I went and I said, hey, is this true? Is there some truth to the fact that March Madness is a time when men who are going to have a vasectomy come in to get one done? There have been journal articles published that the most popular times to pursue a vasectomy are at the end of the calendar year and then also in March because of March Madness. Yes, yeah, so the wow. National Vasectomy Society has kept statistics. They see a 50% increase in people who want them at the beginning, uh, or rather, I should say, the second or third week of March. Whenever March Madness begins, you cannot get the surgery done unless you book it like months ahead of time <laughs> because so many people say, hey, if I'm going to sit on the couch with frozen peas on my you know, private parts, I might as well do it during March Madness. So uh, here's a, a doctor they put me in touch with. With vasectomies, uh, you probably see a higher uh, possibility of patients having it around times where they feel like they need more time off. They, you know, have it and they have their legs up as they heal. Uh, <laughs> typically, it's uh, several days of healing. Yeah, so I don't know. Was that the case for you? A couple days? Yeah, uh, again, they told me to stay home and do nothing. I got my vasectomy on a Friday afternoon, and Ava was maybe nine at the time, and she was playing very competitive tennis. She was trained by Rick Macy, who you saw a lot of in that uh, King Richard movie with Will Smith. He trained the Williams sisters and Sharapova and Roddick and all these people. And she had a huge tournament and uh, she really wanted me and Danielle to go. So I had to walk around the next day. Oh my God. At this, uh, bro, bro. It was so brutal. <laughs> oh, can I, imagine? I think I walked two miles. My, my testicles were the size of softballs, <laughs> but that's the type of father I am. And maybe five days later I was back at the gym. So I, I did not do what they recommend I should do. And I will tell you that I probably hurt for about two weeks. But for me, it wasn't nearly as bad as some other guys. Yes. Yeah, so there's this guy, Brad, who had it done right before the NCAA tourney began because he said, yeah, if I'm going to sit on the couch, let me do it and watch some basketball. I have two beautiful daughters at home. So I said, uh, it's time to uh, take that next step and uh, get it done. And I said, what a better weekend than to do it now. You know, my wife has uh, been a trooper with our two daughters and had two C-sections. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. So were you That's a good man. Were you happy to do it? Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, it, uh, you don't have to worry at that point. I mean, we... We were still pretty fertile back then, and we had our two kids. We had our girl, Ava. We had our boy, Gabriel. We didn't want to have another one, and um, I think it's the least I can do. You know, we do put the pressure on the woman all the time, tie your tubes, do this, right. do that. So I was okay with it, and um, the way Danielle explained it to me, my beautiful wife, uh, she made it sound so appealing and attractive, and she kept her word, mind you years and years later, that uh, I just had to do it. So I recommend it for, for men out there. Once you're done... If you really are done. Now, of course, don't forget, if you want to have kids later, I do believe you can uh, reverse the surgery. You can. It's, yeah. it's much more difficult than doing the initial surgery, right. but it can be done. Right. 
Uh, so I recommend if you're really done, if you're really, really done, not a bad way to go. Did you do it? No. No. <laughs> you wouldn't do that, right? No. You're like, nah, screw all that. I'll get the tubes yeah, tied. Right, and stuff. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a fascinating report. So during March Madness. Yes. Unbelievable. So theory proven. I thought it was urban legend, but it's true. 50% wow. rise in vasectomies during March Madness. That is another great report. No one laden every day, folks. You can't miss these. I just rather <laughs> chips and beer. That's all I've got to tell you. Uh, no, uh, sorry, that's just my rude. Oh, uh, <laughs> boy. But, Louie, you would have done it, right? If you and MJ had a bunch of kids, you would have done it, yes? I, there's a reason we don't have kids at all right now. There's many, many methods that we've... No, no, yeah. No. Wow. All right. Kidding. Fair enough. I just told her last night, I went, I can't even imagine. We're watching an episode of The Office, and uh, Pam's got the kid. They had had the kid, and she could not get it to go to sleep. Like, all... It, the kid. It, right. The kid. I mean, you're unbelievable. You know, yeah. that's what they... You, sure. You know. Him or her would be better, but okay. It, him, yeah. And, yeah. him or her yeah. wouldn't stop crying all day, all night, uh, until like, uh, uh, yeah. White took it or something. And I said, it. can you imagine... Not being able to go to sleep, I'd kill. I'd just kill somebody if I, something kept me awake all night long. But aren't you up all night anyway with these horrible hours we've got? Uh, yeah. So imagine now add that. To yeah. It. Like how, how how did you deal with it? Did you did, did were either of your kids up you, all night? When you're 80 years old, hopefully MJ is still here. I love her to death. You know that. But God forbid you're alone and you're making duty in your diapers and there's nobody there to tell you they love you. Nobody to clean it. I, that's a good Nobody point. to come over. That's a good I could point. deal with an hour less of sleep when my son looks at me in the face and goes, Daddy, I love you. Right. To and me, there's nothing else in life. This is just me. Nothing else in life that comes even close. So um, the lack of sleep uh, never really bothered me. Now, the other thing is, thank God, my kids were pretty good. Ava was great. Gabe, not as good. But um, the, in, the reward, uh, Lewis... Especially later in life. Like right now, you're young, you're out, you're having fun, you're going to Harbor Lights, you're going to whatever you guys do. You know, you two crazy kids. But well, one day you're going to be old. Yeah, I don't. And uh, alone. And only I'm going to tell you I love you, and that's going to be very depressing. It is. Like, <laughs> a little strange, too. My, uh, my friend Sid was going to come over. And, uh, I don't know. Change your diaper, you know. Why do I have to eat now? Uh, All right, Boris Epstein is down in... <laughs> He just yelled spectacular. What does that mean? He's in Mar-a-Lago. He happens to be President Donald Trump's senior advisor and counsel. He'll join us for the second time in five days momentarily. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. These four horrible, radical left Democrat investigations of your all-time favorite president, me, is just a continuation of the most disgusting witch hunt in the history of our country. It's gone on forever with Russia, 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 and Ukraine, 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 and the Mueller hoax. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. They even spied on my campaign. And remember this, with all of the work that they did on Mueller, no collusion. That's what the answer was, was all no collusion. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse-faced Daniels extortion plot, they're all sick, and it's fake news. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them, and they know it very strongly. 
And they're looking at the polls where not me, but we are up by so much. They can't even believe it. We won twice, and now we've got to win a third time. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. And I always will stand in their way. Thank you very much. Well, if I could walk on water And if I could find some way to prove If I could walk on water Would you believe in me? My love is so true My friend, President Donald Trump, on his Truth Social social media platform yesterday. This is Eddie Money, who, again, would have been 74 today. Eddie died a couple years ago, but I love myself some Eddie Money. Walk on water. So for the second time in five days, this is an honor to have this gentleman on. He's right in the belly of the beast down there in Mar-a-Lago with the president all day, every day. Happens to be the council and senior advisor for President Trump and becoming a very good friend of mine. He is a Boris Epstein making a return visit. Boris, good morning. How are you, buddy? Sid, good morning. I'm doing great. Proud to be with you. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to your audience. Well, it's great to have you. My audience uh, loved it when you were on uh, Thursday, and good to have you back today. I mean, the world was uh, waiting today for our friend, the president, to be indicted, to be arrested. Uh, after what he uh, said on, on Saturday, and uh, listen, I'm going to tell you what I told Alan Dershowitz yesterday, Boris, and what I've told Joe Tacopino, what he said all week long as well. I think they want to. They really want to arrest President Trump, our friend, but they can't because the truth is he hasn't broken any crimes. Now, I know you can indict a ham sandwich here in New York. You don't need much to indict someone. But he wasn't arrested today, Boris, because there is no crime. Is that fair to say? Of course. There's no crime. There was no affair, as President Trump has repeatedly said, very, very strong, strongly. And the only issue in this whole back and forth was potential extortion of the president. That's all. That's all there is to talk about. Here's the bottom line, said, and we know this stronger and stronger every day. We know we, there's more information coming out, including from Bob Costello yesterday. The Manhattan DA has no case again. There was absolutely no crime, no misdemeanor, no felony, no wrongdoing, no crime. And Bob Costello coming out yesterday saying that even in his most difficult, most desperate moment, the disbarred, disgraced former lawyer Michael Cohen saying that he had absolutely nothing on President Trump. He had nothing to potentially give to any prosecutors. And remember, the SDNY, the Southern District of New York, U.S. Attorney's Office dropped this case. The FEC, the Federal Election Commission, wasn't interested. Congress looked at it. The federal DOJ looked at it. They all did not pursue this phony hoax because they said there is no case. There is no crime. It's just a polit- another political witch hunt that President Trump is going to defeat, just like as, he, as that video said, he defeated Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 the, the no collusion Mueller report. President Trump has beaten every single one of them. 
because he's done nothing wrong and he's going to continue to do so. I'm going to ask you to speak on behalf of uh, our friend, the president, because you're with him every day and maybe his most trusted guy. You got this one, January 6th. Boris is still out there. Mar-a-Lago, that nonsense, uh, that is still out there. Merrick Garland uh, could prove nothing there either, by the way. And you've got that ridiculous Georgia case with that crazy-looking foreman person. So all these four things are out there floating. Nobody that I've spoken to, nobody with a legitimate law background, whether it's Takapino or Dershowitz, thinks any one of these, any one of these are legitimate cases. Is it fair to say that the president feels the same way? Kid, I am proud to say that President Trump and his legal team are absolutely confident that we will defeat every single one of these hoaxes. Georgia, perfect phone calls by President Trump. Nobody got off the phone calls. Nobody hung up. And that was the president and his role as chief executive doing his job, doing literally what his duty is, which is to preserve elections and fight for fair, free, strong, and safe elections in America. In terms of January 6th, President Trump strongly saying, March peacefully and patriotically, then putting out tweets, Facebook posts, and videos urging for peace, urging for calm, and expressing his support for men and women of law enforcement. On the boxes, that's a complete and total joke. President Trump did everything correct, everything by the book, unlike Joe Biden, who there's still 1,875, 1,875 boxes from Biden's time in the Senate under seal somewhere at the University of Delaware. And they're finding classified documents from Biden's time in the Senate and this time as vice president all over the place. These hoaxes are all fake against President Trump. And what they are is their projection because they know that Joe Biden did actually break the law when he held on to classified that You're not supposed to, not even supposed to take classified documents out of the skip when you're in the Senate. How did Joe Biden end up with classified documents? and his papers. As vice president, he's not subject to the same regulations as president. How did he end up with classified information? Joe Biden is the one who's got the problems regarding documents, hmm. not President Trump. I mean, so Joe- as, you look across the, as you look across the whole field, the American people know that President Trump has done everything right. And that's why, as, early, as recent as this morning, the polling shows President Trump is at 54. 54 in this political morning consult. The next guy's at 26. Oof. President Trump is dominating this race. Yeah, you know, I saw uh, our mutual friend Takapina on with Aaron Burnett, of all places, on CNN a couple nights ago. Boris, but he made the point, and, and I've been saying this for weeks, I think he's right, that every time another one of these silly indictments pop up, that uh, America is going to run to Donald Trump even more. I mean, right right now there's a potential for four of them, but they're all nonsense. And we're seeing that because whether it's a Fox News poll up 18 points, an Emerson poll up 17 points, a Quinnipiac poll up 16 points, or this one today up 28 points, if the Democrats think that all these indictments, and while they seize on it all morning long, those idiots Joe and Mika and those idiots Don Lemon at CNN, it's backfiring. We talked about this just five days ago. Clearly that poll indicates again today that it's backfiring and just making President Trump an even stronger candidate. The American people did believe in the rule of law. The American people believe in our Constitution. They are not going to support these radical, woke, communist Marxists coming after their political opponent and trying to bring him down, the strongest political opponent in American history, President Donald J. Trump, and trying to bring him down to these phony hoaxes and witch hunts. 
The American people are standing with President Trump, and that is exactly, exactly what should be happening. And the whole Republican field should stop playing around, coalesce behind President Trump, and let's go beat the Democrats, let's go beat Joe Biden, and bring President Trump back to the White House as soon as possible. Well, it was heartening yesterday to uh, listen to Jim Jordan. I know, Boris, you know these guys well. Jim out of Ohio. Lindsey, who has not always been Donald's biggest supporter out of South Carolina. Even Ron down in Florida. All these guys were defending President Trump yesterday. I do want to bring up one little touchy subject, but we have to do it, and that is in his um, social media uh, uh, piece on Saturday on Truth Social, he did uh, ask for people to protest. I have no issue with that. That's your American right, protest. That's what you're supposed to do. He didn't ask for people to do anything out of the ordinary, anything illegal, any of that. But anytime that word comes up in the same sentence as DJT, because January 6th is still out there, People go nuts. I mean, you got to see here in New York this morning, Boris, they got cops everywhere like they're preparing for World War Three. It's ridiculous. So do you think maybe in the back of his head, the president would not do that again? Or, and again, he did nothing wrong. But what do you think the president thinks with the way the country has reacted, basically based on one word? Well, Sid, I'm now going to speak for the president. The president is the best messenger, the most authentic representative of the American people we have ever had. He has the best connection with American people of any elected official in American history. And here's what I'll say. The president has a First Amendment right, and the right to protest is literally in the Constitution. There's nothing, and there's nothing wrong about it. So I, I fully believe the president was in his right to say what he said on Saturday and, and to continue to call for the American people to stand with him and stand against weaponization and targeting by law enforcement of political opponents. See, the weaponization is what's really turned the Americans off. Clearly, the DOJ has weaponized against Trump here in an effort to bring him down. And, and somebody made the point yesterday, Boris, I think it was Jim Jordan, they said, you know, it's no coincidence that all of a sudden they amped up their efforts when President Trump announced, I'm running for president. Like Alvin Bragg wasn't doing this stuff eight months ago. Alvin Bragg wasn't doing this. I mean, I know Letitia James was. But all of a sudden, the timing is very conspicuous. President Trump announces, I'm running for president, and here comes that fat loser Manhattan DA. Do you agree that by the president announcing he was running for office, this is when some of these folks really sunk their teeth into this losing battle? Of course, no doubt about it. They are deranged. And they are dead set on bringing down President Trump. They've been talking about it throughout their careers. Alvin Bragg has, oh, has bragged, no pun intended, about, oh, well, I sued the Trump administration, a Trump organization this many times. I sued a charity, the Trump charity. He was, he was proud of suing a charity. Here's the bottom line. All of these radical, woke persecutors have been dead set on getting President Trump. And, of course, once he announced that he is running for president and then will be president again, they went into overdrive. But they're all losing because none of them have any real case, and all of them have been exposed as the political hacks that they are. So on the way out, uh, last one here, Boris, and a great job again today. I'm really happy that you, you're coming on this show now regularly. It, it, it says it because my, my supporters are overwhelmingly – my listeners, I should say, are overwhelmingly Donald Trump supporters, so you, you provide a, a, a really vital role here. Uh, he was not wow, indicted man. today. He was not arrested today. I'm not surprised, but there is still, I guess I'll use this word, among the Trump supporters, there is still a fear that, is, that that is still imminent. It may not be today. It could be next Wednesday. It could be two Thursdays from now. 
But the thought is he will still be indicted, even though we all know, we all know there was no crime. Uh, Should Trump supporters be nervous about that or should they just not care? Well, first of all, we shouldn't be nervous about anything. We should be ready and ready to take on whatever comes at us. That's number one. Number two, it is not a done deal. Now there's reporting that the DA, that the DA is going to be bringing another witness to the grand jury on Wednesday. It is vital to continue to express just how ludicrous and ridiculous it is, how against American values it is for this Manhattan DA or any of these prosecutors slash persecutors to bring these trumped-up charges against President Trump and use the justice system and weaponize the justice system against the leader of the American people, President Donald J. Trump. Let's make sure our voices are heard loud and clear, fight against weaponization, and stand for American values and stand behind President Donald J. Trump. Excellent job, Boris. Uh, Please give my best to uh, DJT and uh, tell him, of course, uh, here in New York we love him. And that's a great job by you this morning. And keep coming back, Boris. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Sid. It's my honor. Love being here. And God bless you and your audience. God bless you, too. There he is, folks. A great job. He is the counsel and senior advisor right there in the belly of the beach down in Mar-a-Lago for President Trump, my friend Boris Epstein. Oh, baby! Bring it! May not happen. Who knows? Either way, ain't no damage done, baby. Ain't no damage done. Some more Eddie Money. Academy Award actress Lorraine Bracco coming up next hour. Fourth and final hour. We are New York's favorite talk show. Sit friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Mike Dino, I really do love the kid. He's doing a great job here with the sports. I want to get the sports even bigger. we got a, a bunch of young guys here that know sports. They do. Justin Ellick and uh, Phil Macedonia and Eric Salas. Nobody's better than me, nobody. But Dino runs it. He says, let the record show I don't care if USA wins, but it's high-quality baseball, and if, you're con- if you consider yourself a fan, it's entertaining. That may be the case. He may be right. I'm sure it is high-quality. These are great players, but uh, I don't care. I am saving all my enthusiasm from Mets and Phillies and Mets and Nats and Mets and Braves, not the uh, Japanese taking on the Puerto Ricans and the Hungarians taking on the Germans. I just, please. you got to be kidding me. Please, I'm begging you. I am begging you. And that's how World War II ended. Begging you. Yeah. Well, of course, from the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. Who could forget that, right? I don't think that's quite how that went. Are you kidding me? My God, Trey Turner hit a home run off of who? What? When? 
I think off Stalin. I think they annexed Hungary right after that home run, I think, too. I think you're right. Right in. Yeah. So now we got it in there. So whoever was complaining upstairs about the lack of raw baseball coverage, there you go. My God. I hope you say the same thing during the regular season when the Mets and Yankees. I hope you're equally as angry if you forget to cover a game then. Uh, Lorraine Bracco is coming up next. I love Lorraine. Been funny with her for many years. Of course, she played Karen. What did you do? In uh, Goodfellas, Henry Hill's wife, the great Ray Liotta, God rest his soul. And then Dr. Melfi, huge role on The Sopranos. She's got a new movie out, and uh, I can't even pronounce it. J-A-C-I-R. Phil, you're from Macedonia. What does that spell? Uh-oh, my headphones fell. Yeah. Hold on. J-A-C-I-R. J-A-C-I-R. What does that spell? J A C I R. Yeah. Jasir, maybe? Okay, I'll go with that. Jacker? I don't know. It's a new movie introducing Malik Rabani, and it is set to screen during the Sundance Film Festival in 2023. This guy, Malik, was in Gran Torino, Hustle and Flow. I like those movies. It's a look at the divisiveness of U.S. politics through the eyes of a young Syrian refugee, Jack here, on the streets of Memphis as he faces the hard truth of chasing the American dream. So, there you have it. Kind of like the Elvis Presley story. Streets of Memphis. (laughs) Very similar. Very similar. (laughs) So, uh, there's a new campaign here in New York. You know who should really do the, the stuff for New York is me. Because people are running out of here by the millions. They are running out of here in droves to move down to Florida. I don't know anybody else, anybody, who at the age of nearly 50, 50, decided to come back here. Beautiful house in Boca Raton, my own pool, gated community, tennis courts, green well manicured, no garbage, right across the street from my kid's school, nine minutes away from the beach, in a beautiful part of Boca Raton, Florida. Own the home, mortgage half the price of anything here in New York, my own sports talk show, nice car, the whole thing. And I ran back here. I got to be the only person. I got to be. How could I not be the one doing the commercials for how much I love New York? Because I do. I love New York. And that's a great start. All the, you, you just talk your story. I'm yeah. in Florida, and I came back right. to New York. I'm, uh, the only, I'm one of the few. Maybe the only one. Back. Everybody else is going there, and I came here, right? Sorry, Ron DeSantis, but as great as you are, when you took over, that's about the time I left. But uh, the mayor, Eric Adams, and this horrible person, the governor, she's just a, a just a, I mean... <laughs> They don't make them worse. They just don't. So they're in Times Square yesterday yelling and screaming about how great New York is for this brand new We Love New York City campaign. Who do you want to hear first, Phil? The governor or the mayor? Their love for New York. Who do you want to hear first? Let's go with the guy that you don't, or the one that you don't really hate. Let's go with Eric Adams. I don't hate him at all. I like hey, him. I don't know if I said really. I'm, I'm angry with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand you want the DNC here. I get it. And I spoke to my good friends, Frank and Anthony Carone, yesterday. I understand what it means money-wise to New York. I get it. But you cannot, no matter how much you want the money in New York, you cannot go on the record 
saying nice things about Joe Biden. He's a corrupt loser. He's the worst president in the history of this country. And forget about saying nice things about him. Why would any sane person favorably compare themselves to that man? Mayor Adams, you got to stop. I know you want the DNC. I get it. There's got to be a better way. Don't compare yourself to him. He's the worst president ever. Everybody knows it. Republicans, Democrats. I love the aspirations. I love it, Eric. I love all of it. Don't do it again. I'm begging you. I actually sent them a text. I said the upward about three times. I don't know. Wow, that's that's a lot of times. I know. Three times. And it was a short text, Lewis. Oh. So between oh. my text to the mayor yesterday and bringing up the word worship, not worship, protest, protest, with Boris Epstein today, my relationship with the mayor and president may be over. <laughs> Those look like three F-bombs on my phone. <laughs> you are funny. Anyway, here, um, here is the mayor, Eric Adams, in Times Square, the brand new We Love New York City campaign, cut number 19. COVID hit our city. Devastated us. It wasn't terrorism, but it was terror. Lost jobs, the economy, subway system was in decay and uncertainty. This movement of we love New York is saying we love each other and we love our country. That's what this movement is about, New York. It is reigniting our spirit. Come on. Up. That's good. He's excited. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I agree. How could you well, argue? What are you, what are you laughing at? No, nothing. Nothing about that. The subway system was in decay. <laughs> now it's all spanking, shining new. It I was on the great. subway yesterday. Nobody raped me. Nobody murdered me. I didn't see anybody masturbate oh or pee God. or anything. Are you, are you joking? What? I'm being, being serious. serious. I took well, this, right. And by the way, I took the subway six times yesterday. Six. All right. Maybe none of those things happened to you, but did it not smell like doo-doo or pee-pee? There was one point. Uh-huh. No, it was actually the street, believe oh, it or not. Oh, yeah, sure. It doesn't smell bad. There. I, was, I was walking down 33rd and Park heading towards the downtown Ford train, and I think I smelled poopy. No, just, but then again, I may afford it. I don't know. I mean, it's possible, too. Oh, I mean, I'm old. Look, at you. you're, you're coming up with excuses. Just uh, tell him the story when your girlfriend came. Oh, oh I yeah. don't want to hear You want to hear it? Sunday morning, I had to drop off my girlfriend. Sunday at 7 in the morning, I had to drop her off at Port Authority. And oh. we're waiting for the A train in Manhattan, in lower Manhattan. Listen. And uh, as the train's approaching, a man just decides to pull down his pants completely, face the train, and just urinate on the train as it's driving by. He had to make. And that there? Is a, that is a skill, too. My wife saw somebody doing that about a month and a half ago, but he was actually pleasuring himself. Right in the front of the platform. Oh, that's much better. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, good example of how much better it is. No, ever. listen, there were still some issues. It's not going to get all better in one day. <laughs> but what is it? It's the, been a year. The subway system was in decay. It was. It's, 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 it's clearly is. getting better. Right. It, and in I, what way is it getting better? I got to tell you, uh, yesterday, for example, I got off at Fulton Street. And um, I walked <laughs> oh, wow. through are, the Brookfield uh-huh. Plaza, yeah. the Westfield Mall. These are very good examples. I got off and I walked. It must be great. I took the train. I took two trains. Uh-huh. I took the sixth train from 33rd Street and Park to 14th and Union Square. And then I walked out of the train, stood on the platform, saw nothing horrible, and took the Express 4 train from 14th Street to Fulton. And had zero issues. Wow. Yeah, thank you. That is fantastic. So, so clearly, we're, 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 things are getting better. Yeah, this are. morning, I had a man on the L train smash a bottle against the side of the train for no reason. Just threw it. 
Well, that's because Curtis is still mad. He'll get over it. <laughs> Here is uh, the governor, Kathy Hochul. She was yelling something to, I don't know, 20. The public service, that we can all be capable of the civic service, how we can take care of our parks, how we can help each other, how we can volunteer again. <laughs> Show what we're really all about. We're going to let the riders, that's why you have to take the subway, you have a chance to vote on the music that you'll be hearing. What? There's going to be music on the subway? You get to vote on it? There is already. I never heard that. What do you mean there is already? When I go on my train today, the 6, the 4, the 5, I get to play, I get to pick music? I haven't heard that. But everybody's wearing headphones anyway. No, there's no music now. I heard they're making trains with bathrooms. I know they. they... Yeah, yeah, you just heard a story. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Like that's, real. That's the bad. No, a toilet, not the platform. Oh yeah, that's yeah. gonna be just great. <laughs> well, what do you want me to do? Well, you guys should just all move out. You've got nothing nice to say about this city. All you do is bitch and complain. Clearly, things are not perfect. I get it. But you can't argue that Adams is doing a bang-up job. Yes, that's great. Yeah. It's such decay. <laughs> Let's bring some more migrant people in here. Let's bring more people here. You know what pisses me off about that? <laughs> okay. To be honest, to your point, you're right. Yes. Is that, you know whose who's, um, plan that's been from day one is Biden. That's another one. Mayor Adams bitches and complains about all the migrants. He's sending them to my mother's house up in Sullivan County. Naomi's furious. You know, his, his, his hotels are filled up, his, his uh, centers are filled up. He bitches and complains about the migrants. Who sent them here? Biden. I agree. And you're comparing yourself to that son of a bitch? What are you, nuts? Are <laughs> yes. you nuts? It's his fault. God. Yes. No, I love New York, though, so uh, Sid, I'm going to figure it out. I tried one of the subway bathrooms that you're talking about where because they opened like 12 of them across the city is this a true story because i know you tend to uh you're funny so you tend to make stuff up every no now this is a true story what number train was this this was the two and three line okay no, i'm sorry the one train the one it's a local okay. yeah. yeah and so uh we'd done the story because they opened 12 bathrooms there's like i guess there's like 67 or i can't remember what the actual number is across the entire subway system yeah. but they closed them during the pandemic now they're reopening them and they're saying how beautiful they are that they've like cleaned them yeah. up yeah. Like they're really nice yeah. and um to the mayor's credit and the mta i went into i was like you know do i want to really walk into this thing because i would never think to do it but i said like, let me see yeah and it was pretty nice. It was nice. Yes. There wasn't like some junkie shooting up heroin and cropping in no. his pants. And In fact, there was a guy there who was handing out towels and mints. What? And... No, okay. That <laughs> That's funny. No, but Pieces it was nice. Gum. It was really nice. It was nice. Yeah. So there you have it. So now don't you feel silly, Lou and Macedonia, Bill? Noam took the one train, went to the bathroom, and said, and I quote, it was really nice. Now what? I have my doubts. I've been, uh, I, well, I, I, you know what, he might have, but the, the bathroom I saw the guy use on Sunday was not as nice. Well, that wasn't a bathroom, that was a platform. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Lorraine Bracco. Play one of me, because uh, I like the guy, I like Dominic Carter, he did get a nine, so. Play, he's talking to uh, Jillian Crane here. We're not in that break yet, though. We haven't even broke first, no. so we're a little behind. Yeah, okay. see, I get so excited, I just keep talking. Well, Remember when okay. we, we did we, all over. No, we did the clock, and um, uh, Lopez and Meany did a great job of that, both of them. And Meany, uh, they said, uh, we're going to take this first segment to 21. Neil, do you think you can talk till 21? <laughs> you sure? <laughs> you think you got that in you? 
And I, I, I think I reacted the same way. I just started to laugh. So right, We'll take a short break. Lots more to do. Plenty. Lorraine Bracco, Sid's take. Keep it right here. Sid on a Tuesday. And all the time I've known you, I still don't know what you mean. The weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned. The things that pass for knowledge I can't understand. Are you reeling in the years? Stowing away the time. Are you gathering up the tears? Have you had enough of mine? Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Such a great song, instrumental version of Layla. My friendship with Mike Sullivan, the great Mike Sullivan out of Brooklyn, Brennan and Carr, became to be friendly with uh, just about every Sopranos member. Some very friendly, like Tony Sirico, God rest his soul. I miss him desperately, desperately. But others, Stevie Sharipa is a good buddy of mine. His wife just completed the New York City half on Sunday. Very good buddy. Even Jimmy Gandolfini. But Lorraine Bracco is uh, a lady that's been on my shows many, many times. I've seen Lorraine many, many times, and I love her. She's a great actress, whether she's playing Karen in Goodfellas, Dr. Melfi in The Sopranos. Now, uh, this new movie is called J.C. Is that right, Philip? Macedonia, though, how do you say that exactly? I think it's pronounced Jassier. 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 It seems like a fascinating role. Let me read this here quickly, then I'll bring my friend uh, Lorraine on, who, uh, again, I'm a huge, huge fan of. Jassir is a look at the divisiveness of U.S. politics through the eyes of a young Syrian refugee on the streets of Memphis as he faces the hard truth of chasing the American dream. Here she is, the beautiful and very talented Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine, it's Sid. Good morning. How are you, sweetheart? Hey, Sid. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great to have you back. And this, uh, some people are saying this, I, I, you know, I love when they, they include classics. Like, we all know that Goodfellas, some people even think Goodfellas was better than The, than the Godfather. And they're saying this movie is on the same level as Goodfellas, maybe Lorraine's best acting performance ever. I get nervous when I hear that because that was so good, but maybe they're onto something. How good is this movie? It's good. Yeah? It's really good. The story is unbelievable because it's a true story. Like Goodfellas. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was a true story. Uh, I like true stories uh, anyway. So is, is, that what, is that what drew you to this film, Lorraine, that it's a true story? Well, it's one of the things for sure. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's, 
it's a, it's a story about this young refugee uh, uh, from Syria that moves into a really uh, poverty-stricken neighborhood. Uh, I'm his next-door neighbor, um, opioid, addicted, uh, racist, basically. Oh, God. And, and, and it's really a sad uh, 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 truth of what goes on in this country. Yeah, on a, on a bunch of different yeah. levels, on, on many levels, from the opioid addiction, which is a huge issue, to our borders, which is a huge issue, to the, uh, right. you know, to, to race divide in this country. Uh, I mean, you, you touched on about 10 things poverty, in one sentence. Poverty and social injustice. Uh, you know, the, it, the, the, it touches on a lot of things. The script jumped out at me. Wow. And he was it directed it. He wrote it. He directed it. Um, and uh, he was an immigrant from Jordan, and basically it's a uh, based on his life when he moved into uh, into Memphis. Interesting. So this is a movie, too, uh, at least what I've read about it, Lorraine Bracco, the lovely one. Um, this is a, a music-centric <laughs> film. There's a lot of music, in, and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but okay. I believe you even sing the blues in this movie. Yeah, when I'm really bad, so don't, don't count. you can you can plug your ears when I sing. But there's great, you know this this kid Al Capone. He wrote a lot of music for Russell, uh, Hustle and Flow. Oh sure. Uh, you remember the movie? Hustle of course, and Flow? I love that movie. Yes, yes. So so um, he's a Memphis rapper, and he did a lot of the music. And uh, Boo Mitchell worked with the. Uh, Bruno Mars for up, Uptown Funk. Wow! So there's a lot of great music in the in the uh, uh, in in the uh, movie. Well, that's great. I, I didn't know that you could. I know you're, you're probably being tough on yourself when you say I'm terrible. Blah blah no. blah. But you do have a musical background, don't you, Lorraine? No, no None. musical background. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> And I begged them to cut that out. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm always under the impression that every big-time actor and or actress has some type of theater in them. Like they can all dance, they can all sing. Not that they all do it. In fact, I believe some don't. But for some reason, I thought really big-time actors like you had some type of theater training somewhere along the way. Well, there's that, yes. But, you know, the truth of the matter is is you can't be great at everything. Very few people are. Very few people have that triple threat. Right. That's true. Hugh Jackman has that, right? Very few people. Who? who Hugh Jackman has that. Hugh Jackman, he's great at all three. Yes, he does. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to you. So I, I, I brought you in, and I, and I talked about. We'll get back to the movie before we end this conversation. But I did talk about your iconic role as Karen in our Goodfellas, and of course Dr. Melfi in The Sopranos, and the great Ray Liotta played your husband in Goodfellas. He died last year, and Jimmy Gandolfini died many, many, many years ago. But it still feels like yesterday. And now Tony, we lost Tony Sirico last year. I thought the Academy Awards. Did a horrible thing by snubbing him and Paul Savino, who you were with in uh, the movie Goodfellas. He played Big Paulie. Uh, Let's start right there. Were you angry about that? You know what? I don't know if angry is the right word. I think disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And I realize that you can't show everybody. But you know what? Uh, You know, 
Paul was in uh, uh, tons of movies, very well known, very well, you know, respected. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was a disappointment. Yeah, it was. He was in a lot of movies. You're right, Lorraine. Not just uh, Goodfellas. And, yeah. and Tony did a whole bunch of stuff, too, but he was so great in, in, in uh, Sopranos. Yeah. Absolutely. And he worked with Woody Allen. He's, Tony worked with a ton of great directors. Yeah, it's sad when I think uh, that he's gone. I, I, you know, I go back and I still watch the show every now and then, you know, the replays, the rain, because I was talking to Stephen Tripp about this on, on this show last week, and that is there's a whole new generation of people. Like my daughter's age, my daughter's 18, she's in college in Europe, and they're yeah. like, oh, my God, have you seen the show The Sopranos? I'm like, sweetheart, it was on 20 years ago. Of course I saw it. <laughs> she's like, well, it's a great show. I mean, who's the guy with the white hair on, on, by his ears? And then the guy, Christopher... Yeah. So there's a whole oh. new, right? So Dr. Melby is alive and well, Lorraine, with like 18-year-old kids. I know. I love it. How lucky am I? Yeah. Well, you were great at it. So, you, you, Well, how I? lucky were they to have you, to be honest? How lucky was David Chase to have you? That's the real question. So uh, so, so, when did, is this movie out, Jesse, or is that out right now? When's it coming out? So what, what happens with Jesse, because it was a... <clears throat> low-budget movie, yeah. um, AMC theaters are going to show it nationwide okay. starting March 24th through April 2nd. And honestly, I, I think you would love this movie. Okay, I'm going to go see it. Uh, there's an AMC theater right by my apartment in Battery Park, and I'm going to go see it, I promise. I, I think you will really be surprised at, uh, you know, it's a movie that costs $2.50. <laughs> all all people, and I'm not kidding, people who never made a movie before talking about art direction and props and makeup and hair and, and uh, I, I mean, the entire crew, they were kids. Kids never made a movie before. I think you will be really impressed. Rashid sold his house to make this movie. Oh, my God. Wow. That, that's, that's devotion so right there. Is, yeah. This is. Kids come to me and say, "Oh, I want to be a movie star," and I, I, I now say, "Well, if you're not willing to sell your house, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, right? I don't know about that." For you. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Lorraine, just so you know, with that uh, uh, cute Brooklyn accent, she's been nominated for an Academy Award, four Emmy Awards, four Golden Globe Awards, three Screen Actor Guild Awards. You've done a lot of stuff. Congratulations. This movie sounds wow. like it's going to be great. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's you. That's, uh, I know. Sometimes, you know, it's funny you say that because, like, once in a while I'll read my Wikipedia or my, my own bio, and it's not nearly as impressive as yours, not even close. But I end up saying, Lorraine, I go, wait, I did that? I, I, I did? No, that no, can't be right. So for you, it's got to be like, my God, I'm Dr. Melpy. I'm Karen. I'm in a new movie now about a Memphis refugee. This is great. <laughs> you know what? I have to tell you something. The only thing that ever really mattered to me was that my parents got to see my success. Oh, I love that. That was a big thing yeah, for me. Yeah, me too. When I look back now. How long are your, so your parents? Uh, uh, the cherry and the whipped cream. But yeah. I, I, I love the fact that they got to see uh, Listen, I, got it. I feel the same way because I was such an F-up. For so many years, I mean, really bad, Lorraine, and I was, and 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 my dad, I was, but my dad passed away two years ago, and I've had such a good run these seven years since I come back to New York, 
it's been such an amazing run. Now, number one, and my dad saw that in the last couple of years. In Jewish, we call that naches, and he had a chance to experience that. And I feel the same exact way. My mom was on this show yesterday and said, I'm so proud of you. So believe me when I tell you, I understand what you're saying. I really do. You know, I always felt that, uh, you know, Ray's mom, he was very close to his mom, and uh, he was adopted, Ray. And his Ray Liotta. Mom and dad, right. yeah. Yes, Ray Liotta. And his mom and dad meant everything to him. They really, um, uh, uh, they did a good job with him, and, and uh, I was always sad because she passed away when oh. we were making good fellas. Oh, God, jeez. Well, listen, and I, I, I always... I, yeah. No, you're right about that. You have to run. I've been told you have to run, but I could stay with you on the phone with you for an hour. I love you. I'm happy for you. I'm going to go see this movie, I promise, to see her. Uh, AMC Theaters through April 2nd. It looks great. And being you're such a tremendous actress, I know it's going to be great. So continued success, and we'll talk again very soon, Lorraine. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Sid. Take care. Bye, sweetheart. There she is, Lorraine Bracco. Check her out. Boy, now it's time for Sid's Take. Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, your Tuesday morning edition of the Peerless Spoilers Sid's Take Trivia Game. Sponsored by Pete Morgan, Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. Got to go quick today. Kevin out in New Jersey. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Listening to the show, loving it as usual. Ready to play. All right, you got two for Tuesday. I give you two songs. You got to name the artist. All right. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Number one, she's always a woman and moving out. Billy Joel. There you go. One for one. On to number two. Two tickets to paradise and think I'm in love. Eddie Money. Boom. Two for two. On to number three, bridge over troubled water and sound of silence. Simon and Garfunkel. Kevin. He's hot. On to number four. These arms of mine and try a little tenderness. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, Dang. I know this one. Ah, yay, yay. Huh? I know who he is. I can can see his... his, uh, uh, Dr. DeBay. It's uh, Otis Redding. Oh, my God. Nice. At the last second, Kevin. Nice. Wow. On to number five. From the cheap seats. Yeah. Your two songs on number five. Pigs on the wig, or pigs on the wing, I should say. And several species of small furry animals gathering together in a cave and grooving with a pick. Pink Floyd. Baby. Nice. Five for five, wow. Kevin. Wow. Where'd you get all that knowledge? Guess you know your music. <laughs> I'm a music man. Absolutely. Yeah. Clearly. All right. You picked the right day to play the game. We'll put you on hold here and uh, get the big guys turn in. Went five for five. Yeah. So what is today again? Today's Tuesday. Two for Tuesday. Oh. So we have a, a, whoever this person was, big music fan. Big music fan. All right. Let's do it. All right. Ready? Number one. She's always a woman and moving out. Billy Joe. Nice. One I one. never knew why it was called. Is it moving out or is it Anthony's song? Both. Okay. Wait, well, which one's in parentheses? Oh, oh, oh. 
Anthony. What, what are you doing? Oh, it's in print. On birthdays. He went to the grocery store. Whatever these two are doing. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I, don't know, I don't really know. Just bodily fluids all over. I almost died just now, actually. No, you didn't. Yeah. Stop that. Being dramatic. Were you, were you riding the subway? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Let's go. Two. Two tickets to paradise and think I'm in love. Today's his birthday, the great Eddie Money. Very good. Two for two. On to number three. Bridge over troubled water and sound of silence. You know, it's funny. Every time I hear these guys sing a song, it's the only time I feel like I want to commit murder. It's, uh-huh. it's odd, but... What? I know. It's weird. Why? That's it? I don't know. Well, are they the only two that Simon and Garfunkel, they, they just... The only song I like that they do is The Boxer. The other stuff, I just want to kill somebody. All right. He's so okay. annoying to uh, Paul Simon. It's on SNL. I, I don't know, something about him. I just, I guess. Yeah, he's a little annoying. He's a little... Extremely difficult to work with. Okay, good. Thank he you. Okay, so I'm not wrong. Okay. No, he's, I didn't know that, but yeah, he just he looks is. that way. Like a complete dick. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. On to number four. Huh? These, these <laughs> arms of mine and try a little tenderness. Oh, this is where this guy may beat me. These arms. Like, I know the song. Try a little tender. Oh, I'm not going to get this. Damn, he got it, huh? Uh, well, Kevin in Jersey. You're not going to get it, then he got it. I don't it. think I'm going to get it. Um, these arms of mine. Oh, got him. Um, you got me. Yeah, you got him. <laughs> Otis Redding. Otis Redding. Can you throw sitting on the dock of the bay in there Otis, just to make sure I get it? Oh, my man. Oh, my <laughs> God. Do you mind if I and dance with your dates? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right, on to number five, just for good measure here. He loves her. <laughs> 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 Pigs on the wing and several species of small furry animals gathering at, uh, gathering together in a cave and grooving with a pict. Well, watch his face. Let's look at Come his face. Come on. <laughs> this guy got this, Kevin? Yeah. You got to be a... It's not even close, this game. He's going to win 5-3. It's a very uh, specific title. It can only apply to one artist, which makes it easier. All right, read the second one again. Several species of small furry animals gathering together in a cave and grooving with a pict. That's not the one that'll do it for the first one. Read the first one. Pigs on the wing. You gotta think pigs pig, on the pigs. wings. If you know this band, pigs. If I know this band, Wilson Phillips. Oh, oh, no. oh. so close. <laughs> whoa, whoa, was that? Wilson. It was one of the fastest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Oh no! It was, like, it was like a hand grenade just went off in the studio. <laughs> no, what was that? It went a lot of weight, Connie. Will scared me. What happened? <laughs> Went off in his pants, I think. Don't ever do oh that. Connie wants a lot of weight. I shouldn't say that. God. Pink Floyd would be here. That was terrifying. <laughs> Correct. Pigs, I thought it could. All right, we got to take a short break. I'll be fine. Forever, <laughs> I think. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Another great song. Two tickets to paradise, Eddie Money. Eddie would have been 74 years old today, but he'd be dead. So we'll celebrate for him. You know whose birthday it is tonight? Melissa Gorga. So if you're fans of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, which does air tonight, it's on every Tuesday night on the Bravo channel, you can watch Melissa and Joe later on. Frank will be back in studio, I think, on Friday. Frank Catania, Dolores' ex-husband. But tonight, uh, today is her birthday, so happy birthday, Melissa, I guess. I don't really know her. I've met her twice, and her husband's been in here a couple of times. You met Joe. Nice enough guy. But um, 
I was amazed that on the list this morning, it, it listed her birthday, Melissa, and uh, not Eddie Money. <laughs> so I guess the Real Housewives of New Jersey have really become very, very, very famous, you know. Poor Eddie. I guess. They got a Joe Beningo on that show. That's a big deal. Not the same one, but he's Bro. married to Margaret. Bro. Bro. And um, I don't even know who else is on the show. Season so, is over. Yeah. Already. Well, I found out who was the uh, the troublemaker behind the World Baseball Classic, but I'm going to hold, keep that to myself. No, <laughs> not. How could you possibly? I found out. He's who was it? I, I'll tell you. Maybe I'll tell you tomorrow. Maybe. What, what do you mean, maybe? maybe. It's going to happen. It's called time spent listening, Phil. I'm trying to lure these people in and keep them here. 6.04. It'll be on the air. And I may, in fact, I'm going to announce on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. You know how these players now announce where they're going to play? You don't know, they retire on Instagram, yeah. Tom Brady. I'm going to announce on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney later on tonight whether or not I'm going to lift the Curtis Lewa suspension and whether he can return to the program Friday. Okay. I'll make sure to stay on Instagram with my eyes peeled all day. Non-stop. I won't, I won't just keep refreshing the app all day. If I, if, I, if I get a text from Phil saying, did you see what he just posted? As soon as it hits, I'm, it doesn't matter what show it is, I'm turning my mic on and screaming. Just check it out tonight at Rosenberg.Sydney. All right, we're done. Lou Rapino, Macedonia, Phil, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, great job. Big show coming your way again tomorrow. Why? Because that's the case every day. 7.5 in February. 7.5, bitches. See you tomorrow at 6.